Okay, we're going live again. And what is this stuff, Danny, we're drinking? Well, you're drinking a uh, Avalor 18, which is a very, <laughs> very good Scotch whiskey. And I am drinking the same thing. Oh, yeah, I should introduce him. <laughs> <laughs> this is my buddy, Adam Mulford. He is a personal trainer and kinesiologist. Yep. And we met at Club 16, I guess, a few years ago now. Yeah, it's been a while. But, um, yeah, we kept in touch. He likes to uh, do trigger point therapy on me and make me squeal like a little girl for about probably a good hour. But, yep. uh, yeah, and uh, welcome to This Is Life. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it's good having you, man. We just finished up with the sauna. Yep. Adam had his cold shower. Fucking brutal. Yeah. But I did recently pick up a freezer this week, and now we're going to have cold dunks next to the shower, which is the next level up, because now showering outside in December at zero degrees is uh, not the most enjoyable, but this cold dunk is going to be the next level. I think that water is going to be much colder than the good old well well water here at my house, but we'll see how it goes. Maybe I have to drink more of this scotch. I to get in that water. I think but so. It's so what, great. So what's special about this scotch? Scotch whiskey? Is that what it is? Yeah. So, I mean, whiskey or scotch whiskey produced in Scotland. So it's a single malt 18-year. Um, it's just super good scotch. It's actually, I'm not, I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> I've had scotch well, many years ago now. I was at a New Year's party, and I wasn't doing too well. <laughs> had a little too many drinks. And I tried whiskey or I, I think it was scotch. I couldn't even drink it. I don't know how people like I could drink that. It might take me an hour to drink this. Yep. But this is a drink you don't drink like a beer or even a glass of wine. Like that takes no. a while to drink, doesn't it? Uh, it really depends. It, I guess it really depends on, on how much you're used to it, right? Because you're not mixing anything. Yeah. Because <coughs> some people don't even want to put ice in it. So no, water can, it down. Two different ways. You can drink it neat, or you can drink it. You can drink it neat, or you can drink it uh, just over ice. Add a little bit of water. It just brings out different flavors in the scotch. Mm. Yeah, because you told me all you had were your <laughs> wife's white claws, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> they're not. They're mine." <laughs> <laughs> she she likes those. Uh, she likes Cronenberg actually. Cronenberg's good beer though. I do like Cronenberg. Yeah, but. Yeah, White Claws, as you can tell, my little collection over there. Yeah. And a little kombucha can in there, too, as well. Yeah. But um, I think it was this year I actually discovered I like IPAs. I like the bitterness of the beer. Yeah. But it does get you sort of bunged up pretty quick because it's like between 6 and 7% beer. Yeah, or, so you get does the, or you get the double IPAs that are about 9 or 10%. Yeah, I haven't had those. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I need to get more. Like, it's weird. Like, I don't know if it's because of COVID or just the time of year when it's like dark. It's like a, you feel like having a drink now, like every night, it almost feels like. Like even if it's a glass of wine. Yeah. Not saying like scotch whiskey every night. That might be, oh, okay, maybe <laughs> maybe for some people. <laughs> some people like myself. It depends on the type of day you had, I guess. Because yeah. there's certain days where you're like, fuck, I need a drink. Yep. And then other days you're like, no, nah, I'm actually feeling pretty good. Yeah, I'll have a beer instead of a whiskey. For sure. But so what did you get into fitness? Um like into i guess training or just in fitness in general like were you in high school were you like the guy at pe always going 100 percent 
hundred percent in like the gym and then when you got out of school you're hitting the weights like pretty seriously or was it sort of like a gradual like oh this could actually be like a career of mine uh it was a total ebb and flow so yeah. i i mean i played competitive like highly competitive uh lacrosse and hockey and and pretty high level um alpine skiing <clears throat> but i was always like the bigger heavier guys where i was always like defenseman or yeah uh like a power forward and uh <clears throat> yeah i did started going to the gym probably i was 15 years old 14 15 so like grade 10 grade 10 yeah ish um and then uh went to university first year university just totally just went overboard with school yeah therefore eating no <laughs> sports what like almost no sports whatsoever minimal minimal gym and i gained fucking an excessive amount of weight probably oh, i don't know 60 pounds maybe 60 pounds in a year and how old were you i was 19 you gained 60 pounds yep i 19. went i went from 220 to pushing 290 almost and you're 511 61 you're six. <laughs> let's, let, let's be careful let's be careful here <laughs> six foot one um yeah so i was about 290 and I it just kind of, I couldn't fit like my fat shirts anymore. I was like, fuck this. Two <laughs> XL, three XL. Yeah, I couldn't. So I was just like, okay, I'm gonna drop my weight. And in, in about from April, of that, school year when school finished, um, to the starting semester in September, I dropped from about two ninety to one eighty five. So I lost eighty five pounds, I guess, basically. Jesus Christ. In a very rapid amount of time. So your body body type sounds like you can gain weight easily and very lose easy. weight? Lose no, weight? I, I had like starved myself. Ran. I used to, I used to on my days off, I used to run a 10K at about 6 o'clock in the morning in the summers. Yeah. And then I would go with my friend and do the grouse grind once or twice. Which is brutal. Which is brutal. And then he'd come home, shower, and then go play basketball for like four hours afterwards and that hmm. was basically what my life was was just revolving around being highly active that's crazy and it just kind of that's worked. a crazy amount of weight to gain and lose yep like i think in grade 12 i weighed 150 probably and then the first year i probably actually i probably gained i probably gained 20 25 pounds the first year of high school mm -hmm. but i may have been taking certain pills at the time <laughs> <laughs> things to help you gain weight yeah good old m1t's <laughs> yeah yeah no mine was just straight up cookies and sandwiches that's probably the, how i gained my weight super quick and uh yeah just so people who make up excuses that they can't lose weight i'm like and i'd be in there i've seen a ton of instagram page when i was i don't really go on instagram too much anymore like i'll get on post maybe creep for a couple of minutes mm -hmm. and then get off. Like I try not to be on my phone too much, but I used to follow guys that were like in wheelchairs, like couldn't extend their arms out fully. And they're at the gym trying to like mm -hmm. lift weights. They had like trainers beside them. Like you're doing it, like doing deadlifts and stuff. I'm like, and when you hear people's excuses and then you think of people like that, you're like, come on, dude, come on, just get up and go do something. Even yep. if it's a start with a walk around your block, Yep. keep it simple. And then just like, progress from there yeah yeah 
it's just an addiction now. Even though I feel like I'm in a slump right now. Mm-hmm. My shoulders are pretty bad. The right yeah. one's still pretty I bad. I heard you complaining in your last podcast. I was listening to you on the way here. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in the first five minutes of your conversation, you complained about your shoulder. Yeah, man. Like, even today, it just felt like it was pulsating, and yeah. I haven't done shit. Yeah. And it's like, this is the worst it's ever been. But I would have to, like, I looked, I'm going to look into getting a food allergy test to see if I'm eating something <laughs> that's causing any inflammation in my joints. Mm-hmm. And then it was a naturopath in Surrey, and she also does, like, joint injections with collagen. Yep. Was it ozone or something? Or it's not ozone. It's something else. It's on her website. And I'm like, you know what? Just shoot whatever you can in there. Because I don't... It's just so loose. Like, you've worked on it before. And it's... Like, I can press. Like, doesn't seem too bad. But, it, like, if I am... Like, even the piece of plywood out there, I rolled with a paint roller. Mm-hmm. If I even lift my shoulder up like this to go roll, like, I have to, like try and slowly put it back down because it feels like it's just going to pinch something so bad. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like, I don't know. Like, like you said before, like it might be that instability, lacticity in my ligaments and yeah. it might just be natural. Yeah. And then I don't know if it's going to get worse though. That's the thing I'm worried about. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not typical that it would get worse unless there was some kind of trauma that would. There's never been really trauma there. <coughs> so it wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say it would get worse. Yeah. The only problem is, and I mean, it's the same thing that when we were working together, like rehabbing your knee and stuff is always that hurt versus harm. Yeah. Where you're kind of, anytime something feels wrong or feels off, you feel like you're going to harm yourself further. Just stop. But the reality is, is that, you know, is it, is it just kind of like <clears throat> a painful movement, but that's all what it is because you're not used to doing that? Or yeah. is it actually causing you further harm? And I think where most people get stuck <clears throat> is that after a prolonged disability, yeah, they immediately switch to it's a harm. It, it's as soon as something hurts, they feel like they're gonna they're harming themselves further. So is that who I am right now? Well, we, I mean, <laughs> you have <laughs> you something you have something wrong <laughs> with you, but there there probably is an underlying fear of further sure. of further harm yeah. where it's probably. I would say unsupported medically that you would actually harm yourself worse than what it is yeah. now. So, I mean, my right shoulder right now is completely buggered. Like I, I can go through a range of motion and it's painful. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to do some dumbbell presses yesterday. Uh, nothing crazy. And it was just super painful. I actually felt like my bicep was going to rip because it was pulling so hard through my shoulder. And, uh, just I knew I wasn't going to make my shoulder worse. It was yeah. just super painful. So I kept on changing different ranges of motion to see if, yeah. it, if I could work through it. Sure enough, I, I found a proper range that I was able to, to work it, and then the whole joint capsule loosened up, and I was able to get back into some. Yeah. Some yeah, because if I, I did, like, when I lay on my chest and then, like, sort of put your arms up in, like, a push-up push up position – and then I roll my front shoulder in and sort of stretch out my pec. Mm-hmm. I sat there for like probably three, like three minutes is a long time to stretch. But like I felt such a relief in yep. my shoulder just from doing like those longer stretches. Because yep. I remember that's one of the things that Chad told yep. me in class. He's like, if you really want to stretch a muscle, it's like three to five minutes. I'm like, what? Yep. I'm like, that's crazy. And if you've ever watched the clock, 
when you stretch it's for three minutes. Time. It's a long time. Like when you see people warming at the gym and like doing something, it's like, are you even doing anything? Yeah. Like, does that do anything when you do something for like 10 seconds? Because obviously there's dynamic and static stretching yeah. before and after a workout. But to me, like, like literally this week in the barn, I stretched. That's all I did because yeah. I could feel like that's the thing. The shoulder's so weird. It's like I think the bicep tendon is tight. My chest is tight. Like the neck, my rear delt, mm-hmm. like my lat, everything is just, there's so many different spots. And I'm just like, for fuck's sakes, like, how does it get like this? Like, yeah. it's just so, it's so annoying. And it's now affecting. I'm like, I don't want to get up. I don't want to go in there because if I try and work out and then it bugs me, I just get frustrated. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And like, if I don't have, you can, you can tell, like, if you have a great workout in the morning, the rest of your day, you're like, uh, high as a kite you're like yeah 100%. feel great yeah but if you start off with a shitty workout in the morning all of a sudden you're starting out like frustrated during the day and you're like oh this is not what i wanted to do so it's like i didn't even want to lift this week because i was like knees throbbing again like doing simple leg extensions doing like the th- third pin down yeah. you know what i mean and like holding it like you said for five seconds back down next day man just throbbing i'm like I can't do shit. Yeah. I'm like, even like my body's a wreck. And it's like, even like right now I woke up, like I couldn't turn my neck like to the right. Like there's a something pinched, like, and I was like feeling my traps. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, that's the knee, the shoulder, now my neck. I'm like, I'm done this week. I was like, I'm not going in there. Yeah. I'm just not going to bother with it. I don't know, man. I keep doing these saunas and cold showers. They don't seem to be fucking helping. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could afford like stem cell. Just juice me up in my joints. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think stem cell it's it's on its way yeah. to becoming like effective effective treatment. I think it's still too new in the mainstream to to really know what the legitimate effects are. Yeah. Um and it's so expensive right now. Like there's Yeah, it's crazy. There's, there, there's no guarantee to the actual uh recovery through stem cell i mean it could quite literally be a placebo like you i mean the places you go to to get these injections it's in like fucking colombia and mexico and like yeah yeah i'm sure they're they're valid you know clinics and stuff like that but you really don't know exactly what cocktail is being injected in yeah right and so i think i think they're it's getting better it's early stages it's still, still early stages yeah because i did prp in both my knees yeah and that was like 600 bucks to do that. And it was like, I think around 13 needles in each knee. And like, it was weird because like I got up and started, like it felt like I shouldn't be walking yet because I just had like a bunch of needles stuck in my knees. And uh, I didn't do a damn thing. Yeah. Didn't do a damn thing. And he's like, well, sometimes you have to keep coming back. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to keep dropping like 600 bucks every two weeks. Like, are you crazy? I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I can't keep coming. I'm going to spend like $1,200 a month on this. Like, yeah. I can't do that. Like, you know, I get, like, a family and shit, like... Well, and, it, and that's the thing. It's, like, those kind of treatments. Same thing with, like, prolotherapy, which yeah. is kind of similar, too. It's not it's not really guaranteed, right? Like, there's no medical literature to, like, definitively, definitively prove that it's a, a legitimate, like, a, a very successful form of therapy. Yeah. It's just, it works for some people, and it doesn't work for others. Yeah, because I've heard so much about it just on podcasts. Like, oh, it healed my leg, my my tear is gone, it's completely healed, yeah. and all this. 
but I guess that's just personal experience. Like, so you're saying there's like no, well, there's gotta be studies out there. So there are, there are studies, but they, they kind of go, they can go either way. Right. Like it's, and the thing is, is like people who even have meniscal tears, yeah, they can spontaneously heal on their own, even though for the most part, joint capsules are avascular. So there's really not a lot of blood flow, blood flow or nutrition that goes into that joint capsule space, which is yeah. why like when you damage a ligament or when you damage tendons, I mean, the, it takes the, forever. It takes forever or it, it will never repair. That's why it's better to break something than fucking exactly. tear a ligament. Soft tissue damage is, is the worst. Fracture is super easy. You know, a fracture heals within 12 weeks for the most part. Yeah. For any kind of, for most long bones. Um, but when it comes to stuff like that, like, and, and there are cases where the human body can just recover itself. Yeah. So you really don't know. You don't know if like, if that injection just happened to be part of the person in the population where they would have had spontaneous healing anyways. And it just so happened coincidentally that they got the injection and then the spontaneous healing happened. Weird. Never like heard of that. It's, it, it can happen. Well, the human body's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like it's pretty nuts. Like, that's one of the things, like, when I was in school, I was, like, learning about these whole different systems. I'm, like, how the hell did we end up like this? <laughs> it's, like, we came from trees. You tell me we came from trees, and all of a sudden, like, your body does runs on three different systems. And, like, how – I can't even explain any of it, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just – it's crazy how the body works. Yeah. Like – I mean, that's, that's yeah. what we were talking about in the sauna, right? Yeah. Like, your heart runs off lactic acid. And lactic never, acid – Never even knew that. And lactic acid is a byproduct of – how your muscles produce energy yeah so through atp production one of the byproducts is lactic acid which is you know goes back into the bloodstream yeah and a portion of that goes and actually fuels your heart muscle which is why they always say you should be active for a healthy heart because your heart literally runs on the byproduct of what your muscle burns so weird so it's yeah your body's pretty it's fascinating it's it's unreal. And there's a lot of stuff that people still can't explain. And it's just, you know, that's why, that's why the medical and the science is always changing because you're you, always you can't keep up new. with it. Yeah. Like it seems like I hear about new studies every day, just listening to podcasts. I'm like, say what? Yeah. Like there was this Andrew Huberman, like he was just on Lex Friedman a couple of weeks ago and then he was on Rogan and he was saying, your eyes are actually part of your brain, but they were pushed out of your brain during some part of evolution. I'm like, say say that again? <laughs> I was like, your eyes are part of your brain and they got pushed out? I'm like, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, but that's why I love listening to podcasts because you'll be listening to it and all of a sudden you're like, you have one of those like, oh, moments. Yeah, you're like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, And that's why I just, I love listening to like the fitness podcasts and like anything about nutrition and yeah. hearing guys battle back and forth about is keto healthy for you? Is carnivore healthy for you? And I'm like, I just love listening to these experts in their field. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like it's crazy how smart these guys are. But then you then you hear about a certain podcast later, like, oh what that guy said wasn't really true. You yeah. know, and you're hoping to trust the guy. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, so you gotta take everything like a grain of salt, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Especially I mean, nutrition. Well and, and, and everyone is an expert in their field. Right. So yeah. it's I mean, any every any evidence that that person provides yeah. is in support of whatever they're preaching yeah right so there's always going to be a differing view people are going to say well 
the keto diet, which is, you know, an offshoot basically of like an Atkins diet, yeah. is the best thing for you. The paleo diet is the best thing for you. The raw vegan diet is the best thing for you. The fucking fruit only juicing is the best thing for you. For Like for there's a potato talks. one too. There's, there, Eat there's potatoes everything. for 30 days and you can lose so much weight. And I'm like, say what? <laughs> it's like eating potatoes. That's all you can have. <laughs> it's boiled potatoes and that's it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Whatever. But that's the thing. Like, that's why I'm so bummed I lost the podcast with my future sister-in-law, Alexa, who lives next door. Like, she went to school for nutrition and stuff. We had a two-hour conversation. I lost an hour and a half of it. And I was pretty bummed out. We're we're hopefully going to do it again in the next week or so. But uh, it was, we were trying to break down nutrition. And at the end of the podcast, we're like, we don't know if this is going to help anyone because you're probably (laughs) even more confused. Because, like, the more you learn about the nutrition, yep. the more you get confused. Like fitness is pretty straightforward when it comes to comparing it to nutrition. Like the fundamentals are straightforward. Yeah. But then you can fitness. get into pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. But with nutrition, it's just it's constantly changing, like you just said. And it's yep. so it's so confusing. Like, oh, what diet should I be on? It's like don't be don't call it a diet, just it's a healthy way of living. Yep. Like, you know, just stay away from like uh just bread and pasta and all that like you know even oh it's whole wheat i'm like mm, still not the best for you you yeah, know it's like still refined it's still refined and your body doesn't know what to do with it and it just turns it into fat yeah or like too much sugar you yeah. know all that type of shit well it's funny because our our younger daughter um sienna she has like fucking all the allergies so the older one was like this indestructible kid that just fucking bounced off the the floor and could eat anything and everything and our younger one is allergic to uh soy lentils like we when, when we got her allergy we had to get an allergy test done because she yeah. was having way too many like breakouts in terms of like body blisters and boils from eating shit Jeez. and uh the the allergist was like nope you need she's like you need epipens for like lentil, soy, she's allergic, we think she's allergic to like peanut butter, peanuts. But the interesting thing is, is that when you, someone has a severe allergy to say a soy, like soy product, yeah. when you start reading every single label, you realize Soy's almost everything. everything has soy. And palm oil. Holy shit. Palm oil is another one. And, and pea protein. Our kid's allergic to all lentils. She's very allergic to, to green peas. Um, and there's pea protein and soy in almost everything, even like most dog foods, even though they say that they're 100% natural, they contain either soy or pea protein. So, and we found this out because her favorite thing to do is to try and eat dog food and, oh, she's just so fucking weird. (laughs) And as soon as she puts it in her mouth, she doesn't even chew it. She puts it in her mouth and then drools a little bit. And sure enough. She has blisters all over her lips, mouth, and right down her chest. That's it's, crazy. It's it's unbelievable. So, I mean, you try and go for the most natural kind of things. And, like, you know, it, I'm in the health and fitness field. I obviously like to drink. There's obviously healthier drinks yeah. than others. Um, really, the biggest crux of stuff like that is, is sugar and how people mix drinks. Like, you can, oh, still sure. be, you can still be healthy. You can still have drinks. And, you know, the the arguments out as to what's the healthiest liquor or the healthiest drink to have. Um, it's like, wasn't hard alcohol because there's no calories and sugar in it. So certain hard alcohols, like I heard tequila is not bad. So tequila is considered number one 
people are on this whole like mezcal phase. Um, there's no, there's really like in, in terms of a spirit, there's almost no difference between mezcal and tequila. Tequila okay. is 100% blue agave, and mezcal is a combination of any of like the six or seven agave varietals. Okay. Um, and mezcal is done in like oak, so it's smoky, and tequila is just distilled as is. But the interesting thing is, is that tequila, the sugars that that form the the uh, the, the sugar alcohols, mm-hmm. are the only sugar alcohols that are that are fibrous. So they do not affect blood sugar. So that's why tequila is actually considered the healthiest spirit because the, the sugars are not sugar alcohols. They're fibrous sugar, Jeez. which is super weird, yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't. So if you're a diabetic, theoretically you can drink tequila and it's not going to affect you as much as it would uh, other like vodkas and, and especially things like rum where you're making out of cane sugar and stuff like yeah. that. Whiskey is is probably the second best tied with with red wine, but wine has a lot of sugar in it. Yeah, it gives you a hell of a headache too. Sure does. Actually, all alcohol now does. It depends. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If it's good, me. if it's good quality, it's not going to give you a headache. If it's shitty, it's you're gonna you're gonna feel like shit. I always get headaches from alcohol. <laughs> if I have like more than four drinks, I'm waking up with a headache. Doesn't matter. <laughs> my my body sucks. <laughs> it's it's too sensitive <laughs> to everything. <laughs> but maybe, maybe it's maybe it's the sauna. Maybe it's not. No maybe it's not the drinking. No, sauna's sauna's in me forever now. I can't live without that thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, actually, this stuff is good though. I do like it. Yeah, it's tasty. I'll convert. I'll convert you. Yeah. Need to step up from the white claws. Need to. Yeah, you can crush white. Well, that's the problem. Like with my cousin on the last podcast, I had to get to take a piss like twice. <laughs> I'm like, I'll be right back. <laughs> it's like, but I like, I'm sitting here. I'm like dying. I'm like, man, I gotta take a piss. And he's like, I find it so funny that you get up and piss in the middle of a podcast. I'm like. <laughs> It's just natural, raw, real podcast. It's like, exactly. This is real life. There's yeah. no script. There's no editing. It's just me getting up to take this. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. But it's just radio silence, awkward for your listeners. Yeah, like when <coughs> when Alexa was doing our podcast, I just like signaled to her. I'm like, keep talking. <laughs> I just like <laughs> ran into the bathroom and came back, and no one knows that I left. <laughs> but I left. Yeah, I le- I've almost left on every podcast. Go take a piss. But I'm gonna have to work on that if I start doing these more. Yeah. But. So what course, like you're talking about in the song, what course you've taken in three months from now? So I'm going to be starting um, my degree in ma- manual osteopathic therapy. Um, so the, the most basic way to describe it is similar to chiropractic treatment without mm-hmm. manipulating bones. Okay, so but you're still pressure. So you're doing... Um, like you are working on internal body systems and you're trying to regulate, um, uh, you're, you're trying to realign the body. So whether that is, you know, you have bad, like you're, you're having issues with breathing mm-hmm. or you're having liver problems, you're having kidney problems, things like that. It's manual therapies uh, of muscle, joint, and fascia to kind of, fix those internal body systems. So it's kind of like the, the kinesiology that I do is strengthening, rehabbing <coughs> the muscle and the joint. Yeah. And then the manual osteopathic therapy is going to help with doing the actual like 
organs and internal body functions and try and help people like realign in that way. Cause a lot of people now are starting to shift more to, to more holistic kind of things, right? Everyone's trying to, you know, be healthier. Everyone's trying to eat healthier. Everyone's paying, they're paying more attention to their they bodies. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. They should be, but they're just, I mean, and, and there's not a lot of, um, of these type of therapists in BC. Yeah. It's a relatively new, newer field. Uh, just in BC, but it's been around for a while. It's been around for a while. Um, and it's, it's, I, it's, you can, you can be an osteopath and you can be an osteopathic like therapist. So an osteopath is a doctor. They have mm-hmm. a PhD. Um, and they just specialize more in internal body function, but they can still do surgeries and like, you know, write scripts and stuff like that. Yeah. What I'm doing is not that far. It's just more on the, on the manual osteopathic side yeah because like i've done i've done quite a bit of chiropractic over the years but it never made sense to me where you're manipulating the bones but you're not correcting the muscle so if you're pushing the bone over but if you don't correct the tension in that muscle that's causing that pull Mm -hmm. of the bone you're just going to keep going back and back and back and back won't you like exactly i mean that's the whole premise of chiropractic like, it's, how, it's how they make their money like you could honest. you need to do literally physio and chiropractic at the same time if you wanted to rush things along yep. or choose physio but it, i i conflict with it because i've because i've i've dealt with headaches like a good chunk of my life and it's like when i'd get that crack in the neck it was like an instant relief yeah but it's only temporary i think but with physio like if I came to you or if I used to go to Morgan Crossing there and they would do the IMS, it was like two days w- later, I was like, oh man, like now I feel the benefits of it. But yeah. I think it lasts longer than what chiropractor does. So chiropractic, the reason why people like chiropractic is because they get immediate relief, right? I mean, and, and that's just, I mean, your your joints are, are realigning. So they're yeah. basically realigning for the most part, they're realigning your, your vertebrae, right? Like kind of along your back and up in your neck. Um, but I mean, I've had, I've had chiros work on my jaw. I've had like my jaw popped and I've had, you know, they can do the, the joints in your hand. Yeah. They've done my shoulders before stuff like that. And and what they're primarily, what they're doing is that they're, they're realigning your, your vertebrae so that, cause if they're out of alignment, Mm -hmm. then one, it can cause, some muscle tightness um but it can also cause like some some neurologic side effect so when the joints immediately uh like relax like that that tension is released by realigning the those vertebrae that are out of place yeah you're immediately going to have that that neurologic release right like you're just going to feel i feel great because you heard the loud crack you're like oh yeah. yeah. And then, and you know, you probably have a bit of a better range of motion because now you're not restricted in that area. Cause if your vertebrae was out by a bit, then obviously, you know, that movement is going to be restricted. Yeah. Right. So once it's, once it's popped back in, of course you're going to have better range of motion because that restriction is not there. But the problem is, is that if it's, if, if you're out of alignment fundamentally, because your muscles are imbalanced yeah then they're always going to get pulled out of alignment or if your muscles are weak then it's you're always going to be in some way shape or form yeah there's just one side that's more dominant exactly so you're always going to have to go back because your 
you're looking for an immediate relief. You're not trying to put the work in to get a long-term benefit. Well, that's like, I think that's just society in general these <laughs> days. They want results yesterday. Yep. Pretty much. Yep. This some comes with like weight loss too. Yep. Like, I just want to take a pill instead of working out. I'm just going to get lipo or that cold therapy they do on your stomach or yep. heat, whatever it is. They just want instant results. It, but it's when you put in the real work, when you've exercised for six months and say you lost like 40 pounds, you're like, I did that. Yeah, I did that myself. I didn't have to, to take a pill or anything like that. Yeah, you just feel better about it. And I think it's it's worse with an aging population because yeah. it's <coughs> even though the younger kind of you know millennials or even people from our generation they want that immediate fix. Mm-hmm. As we get older, we're kind of that aging population that's still looking for that immediate fix. The problem is, is that when we get older it's going to get harder and harder to actually fix the problem. Like it's, yeah. going get, it's going to get harder for people to lose weight. Yeah. Right. Well, plus your body doesn't recover as fast. No. And yeah, your recovery is not as quick. Your metabolism starts to slow down um, and all those things. And so, you know, you, then you start looking even more for immediate fixes. Yeah. And the reality is that it's still not going to solve anything. Like even people who get these like stomach stapling and things like that, a lot of them just gain their weight back mm-hmm. because, you know, the stomach is a soft tissue organ. It can, even if you're restricting your eating over time, you can literally stretch out that little pouch that was left of your stomach. You can stretch it right back out again yeah, and just have, just start just going right back down that, that same pathway. Like yeah. it's, it, it, it's never gonna, never gonna help. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the one, if I could only say one negative thing about like being healthy and, you want to like look better, feel better, like eat better. It's like the day you start working out is the day you're never satisfied. Yeah. And I, I forget where I heard that. I think it was like years ago when I heard that. I was like, fuck, that's true. Yeah. It's like you are your biggest critic. Yeah. Like even right now with myself, I feel like I'm in a bit of a slump. And it's like I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? When it's, everyone's like, dude, you're still, you're still looking. I'm like, no. Like, I don't care what you say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like that meathead side comes back, you know, and you're like, fuck. Like, cause, oh, I used to be able to lift this. Yep. You know, I look so, so much better. I used to be 15 pounds heavier or 15 pounds lighter, whatever, whatever it is. But it's like, yeah, the day you start working out, it's just like, oh, you become your biggest critic. Yeah. And I think it's also, I mean, a lot of it has to do with just ego, right? Like, yeah. like you just, you don't want to, like, you, cause you knew that at one point you were at a certain level mm-hmm. and you don't want people to see you at any other level than that or better because yeah. in some way you're just kind of like well I've, I've let myself go and i mean it, it, it happens like it's it's just a natural i mean it, you'll never be able to maintain your your fitness level to an extent where you were in like i mean i would say your 30s i mean you're in your 30s so mm-hmm. so am i um <clears throat> but the reality is is that in your 30s is actually when you're most likely to sustain injuries. Yeah. Because contrary to what most people think, your 30s is when you're at, for males, is when you're at your peak in terms of your health and fitness and your physical strength because your testosterone is actually at its peak when you're in your early to mid 30s. So you're technically supposed to be your fittest you should ever be in and around this time. The problem is, is that you can, it's also your kind of 
area of greatest injury because as you get stronger, a lot of the times your muscles will all will get stronger than your tendons yeah. will. So they, they won't they, they won't they won't keep up. And so your chance of tears, ruptures, and things like that is always at its peak in and around this time. That like explains in, a lot. in your early to <laughs> mid thirties. And one of my clients that I train, um, one of the things he told me, this is back fucking like six years ago, eight years ago. He told me he was like, he was in his forties at that time. Now he's in his fifties and he's huge. It's like a fucking gorilla. Like he's, I think he squats like 450 pounds. I'm pretty sure he, he out squats me right now. I don't. And he's like double your age. Oh yeah. No, I don't say double my age. My <laughs> age. He's, he's 53, I think 53, 53. So he has about almost 20 years on me. Yeah. And, uh, he literally told me, he was like, I sustained every single one of my injuries by the time I was in my mid-30s. He's like, knee, knee, permanent knee damage, torn bicep tendons, you name it. Yeah. All of it was out of my 30s. He spent, I spent my entire 40s rehabbing everything. Just to train again. Just rehabbing for almost 10 years straight. And then he's like, now I'm in my 50s. He's like, I'm fucking healthier than I was in my 30s. He's Dude, like, is that old man strength? <clears throat> That fucking old 100%, man strength. Like, 100% I think old it's man real. <laughs> like, it is. I th- I'm sure there's some science behind it. Yeah. Well, but. I mean, muscle maturity. Right? Yeah. So, it's it's just you know if you if you maintain a certain fitness level, you're just gonna be have a much higher muscle density even when you're, you know, in your fifties. So. Yeah, because I th- I think I was my strongest. Like, I think it was when me and Lenny were working out together. A good buddy of mine. And then we were working out at uh, Fitness Unlimited there in Langley. And we were probably not in the best form, but still strong. Like, we were shrugging, like, four plates aside. Yep. And, like, throwing up 100-pound dumbbells on chest. And, like, yeah, I felt amazing. And that's probably – well, there's a difference between gym shape and in shape. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you can have a big-ass fucking meathead in the gym. Like, man, look at that guy's in shape. It's like, not really. Go tell him to run five miles. Good luck. Yep. You know? Like, there's different types of shape. And, um, but I was like really strong in the gym, but I kept up, I think with my running. And I think that's one of the reasons why I probably didn't gain as much weight as I wanted to, because I, I was so addicted to running. Like I used to love running so much. I'd, you know, get up, go to work, come home, go to the gym for like an hour and a half, come home, go run 5k. Like I was just boom, 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 like nonstop. And then I'd go do sprints in a field somewhere and then go do the gross grind on the weekends. I used to love that. trail it's so brutal oh yeah it's just like the first time i ever did it a good buddy of mine used to do it for hockey all the time he's like don't try and run it i'm like dude i'm in fucking good shape got this within three minutes i'm like my quads (laughs) were firing like crazy i'm like oh okay yeah not that type of run like you literally can't run that i think the world record guy i think probably does because i think it's now under 20 minutes I think for the girls grind. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I definitely know it's under thirty minutes. Twenty minutes would be a feat. The record when I was still doing it was twenty two minutes. That's crazy. And I remember hitting halfway at twenty five minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, some guys already done. Yeah. I I'm the, like, I think the fastest I ever did it was just under forty minutes. Yeah, like I did thirty nine. I did forty two. Like it was the first time I ever did the grind, and I could never beat it. Yep. No matter how in shape I was or how much NO explode I took, could not beat that time. No. And, I, like, because you're, like, 
you're like, I'm going to push a little harder here. And like with the girls grind, there's like, you can take the trail that everyone takes, or you take that really steep incline and sort of cut everyone else off. But then you're using three times the energy to yeah. go up that steep area. So I always used to do that. And then all of a sudden my legs would get very heavy <laughs> and I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> but I was like, I loved it though. But then as soon as you see like the trees break, yeah. you can see to see the, see the sky. That's when I just hit the fan. For I'd sure. be like, boom, gone. Yeah. I'd run up and like hit the post or whatever. And well, did you ever, whoa. did you ever do the grind when, uh, when they didn't even have a lot of the steps installed? So back, like, yeah. because they used to have, or they used to have chain ladders and ropes, uh, attached to the rock where you'd actually have to climb up like uh, chain ladders and, and rope systems. To I did to ropes. Top. I did. I don't think I did chain ladders, but I like there are certain parts where it was so steep. You'd have to grab a rope mm-hmm. to sort of pull yourself up. But I don't think I ever did. Cause I didn't do the first time I did the grind was, I was probably like 20. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was probably yeah 2010. No, is that 2010? No, even before that 2000, Fuck, when was I 20? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was, yeah, when I was 20. Yeah, 2008. Yeah. Like um, but yeah, like I, it's a push, man. I couldn't believe how hard it was. Like that's probably one of the hardest hills around here that you can do, if I had to guess, for a short distance. For sure. Like yeah. I'm sure there's harder hikes. Yeah. But something, I think, what's the gross 1.9K or something like that? Yeah, and it's a pretty quick elevation. Yeah. yeah, like if what's the what's the gain on it? I'm not too sure. It's it's a lot. Though. It's fucking I mean, brutal. There, there's not a lot of flat spots on that. Yeah, on that and then you look up and you see like that halfway sign. You're like, I'm only halfway. <laughs> you're like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm only halfway done. The first half was always the hardest though. Once I saw the halfway sign, I was like, the second half's gonna be so much faster. Yeah, it was always faster the second half. But then you'd see people like I, I loved watching people go up in like flip flops. Yeah, and, ge- I've had know, people with jeans on. I'm like, dude, do you even know what you're up against right yeah. now? Like, I saw like a old dude, like he was jacked, carrying his kid on his bag, just fucking going. I'm like, you're a beauty. <laughs> like he was just monster legs. You know what I yeah. mean? He probably does it every weekend. Yeah. But like my old neighbor across from my dad's old house, he used to go up and down like three times in one day. Just That's an crazy. animal. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? Because tree trunks. Yeah. But like, even when my knees didn't give me issues, I wouldn't go down because my quads were shot. Yeah. And I'm like, if I go down, my legs are trembling. Like when your your quads are hooped, it's like you're just risking an injury. Oh like, yeah. The number trip of, the number of times I almost fell off fell off the edge of some of the paths running down were too many to. Yeah. Like I used to hug trees sometimes because I'd slip on some of the gravel and. Well, because there's another trail, isn't it, beside the grind, too? There's another way to get up gross. Yeah, it's not as intense. It's a longer yeah. hike. It's yeah, longer I hike, did, but it's I did that once. We, uh, we did it. It was one of our final things that we did for personal training school or through NASM or whatever that yep. Chad was a teacher for. And then, like, my knees were sort of giving me a little bit of issues then. But I rolled and stretched and tried strengthening them for literally for, like, two months before the run. And I actually won it. I was surprised. But some kid was, like, beating me, but he took the wrong way. <laughs> so then I passed him, and he showed up later. I'm like, you would have beat me, man. He's like, no, you still won. I'm like, mm, if you didn't take that wrong turn, you would have fucking smoked me. But it was a good push, though. It's still a decent hike. Yeah. I, it's, it's, been a, it's been a couple of years since I've done it. Yeah, I haven't so. done it in years. Like, it, it, it's funny. Like, with my knees, I'm like, 
you know what, like this time, like next summer, I'm going to work my way to the grind. And then the grind comes around. It's like, not a fucking chance. <laughs> Can I go up that hill right now? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how much tape. And if people are like, oh, why don't you wear like uh like tensor bandages or like a yeah. knee brace, I'm like because it doesn't help my situation. It makes it worse. Yeah, I remember years ago, a bunch of, bunch of the guys we all went bowling, and everyone was like, "Oh, you got your knee braces on?" I was like, "Yeah, dude," but when I took them off, my knee was five times looser than what it is now. I was like, I could throw my knee out of place right now. Like that's how bad. Even wearing a knee brace for like a couple hours makes it way worse. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here, man? Give me some new knees. Give me some new shoulders. That'd be good. <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe there, I mean, there will be, I'm sure there's going to be something coming out soon enough for, for knees and shoulders. I mean, they're probably the most common, some of the most common long lasting injuries that people have. Well, as soon as you start reversing aging, then you're good. Yeah. I think they're already onto that shit ty- type of stuff, though. Maybe. I don't, I haven't really paid too much attention to that. Well, I just listen to it on Rogan all the time. He's <laughs> cutting edge, cutting, cutting edge uh, technology guys that talk about reversing aging and stuff. It'd be pretty, it's interesting to learn about. Like right now I'm listening to uh, Jocko Willings. He's like an ex-SEAL guy, Mm -hmm. but like huge motivator. And I'm listening to his book right now and it's pretty good. He talks about like a lot of deployments and like in Iraq and stuff, but he also like visits like uh, big companies. It can be construction, can be any type of, uh, any type of big company. And he's there to sort of like figure out what's wrong with the company. Like, it's all about, like, extreme ownership. Like, mm-hmm. owing, like, if you're in the wrong, you need to, like, own up to it. Like, don't be scared to ask questions. But these are the type of guys that are, like, no no bullshit. Like, he's a beast, too. He's a, he's a big dude. And he's, like, he has, like, a motivational video. It's, like, I forget how it goes. It's, like, um, it's, like, you didn't wake up early? Good. He's, like, you're late to work? Good. And he's just like the whole time, and it's got this like music playing. It's like do do, you know. It's like it pumps you up, but it's like all like, like you know, you, you missed a shot of basketball. Good, like he, he's just like, and you're like, fuck man, it like <laughs> fires you up. Like I remember when I wor- was working out at Reflex, I wrote something down I would read every day before I went to the gym, and I'm fired up on No Explode, which I don't recommend anyone to take that <laughs> shit. It's fucking full of crap, but um. But yeah, I would read it before I would go into the gym and I'd just be so pumped up. For sure. Like, I remember, what's this stuff called? Dendrobium? Yeah. Dendrobium 600 or 500, whatever it is. Yeah. It's like a Chinese medicine. Yeah. But it's meant for focus. And my brother-in-law Chaz was telling me about it. And that's when I was sort of too scared to take pre-workout with my anxiety stuff back in the day. He's like, take this stuff. It doesn't, like, increase your blood flow or anything. But he's like, it's crazy focus. So I remember taking it for the first time and driving to the gym and i was so zoned in <laughs> i was like yeah i was like whoa it felt like tunnel vision yeah. just so focused on like getting to the day getting to the gym and like training and like it was crazy like that stuff's intense like i'm like man is this stuff legal i'm like i'm just like just fucking straight line yeah. like it was crazy it was like some of the weirdest stuff i've ever taken but yeah felt I mean, fine on it when you're young you kind of experiment take everything yeah like i used to take my own cocktails of eca stacks and i remember like it was like ephedrine was it ephedrine baby aspirin and uh and what was the <laughs> third one Can't even, oh, and, and caffeine and you would just like you basically what the hell's a baby aspirin for 
to don't die. Well, no, it's to thin your blood so that it pumps faster. So you take a vasodilator, oh, yeah. a heart rate inducer, and then a blood thinner to basically pump as much blood as possible. <laughs> so and you're just like <laughs> fucking flying off the walls. I mean, heaven forbid you cut yourself. You fucking probably bleed you out bleed, on the floor yeah, somewhere. No um, but yeah, I remember you used, used to take that. I used to take dendrobium. used to take Yohimbi, which is like a vasodilator, which is like a, a bark extract. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, oh, my God. Like just... <laughs> And I remember there was one of the days I had forgotten that I had already, I was, I can't remember. I think I was training like 10 clients in a day, almost back to back. I had like an hour and a half break. I'm like, perfect. I'm going to fucking do a crazy workout in between yeah. and then go to my next clients. And I think what I had done was I had timed it so that I could, I took my, my stack 20 minutes before my session was going to end so by the time i was done training my client the, the high in. was going to hit and i was like fucking straight to the weights <laughs> and i forgot that i had taken it because i was so all over the place like trying to sort out my schedule yeah that i had i took like two scut two scoops of super pump if you remember what that was yeah, yeah. i took that on top of everything and i could just remember being on the treadmill and i seriously thought my heart was going to explode i'm like so i'm gonna fucking like i'm gonna need an ambulance pretty soon because I just try to work out so hard to try and get this just burn this it off. shit out of my system, and I mean, I clearly didn't learn my lesson. I kept on taking pre workout and everything else, but I <laughs> fucking swear to God, I thought I was gonna die that one day. I'll never forget that day. I took black powder by Deca Stack. Yeah. No, it was yeah, no. But I remember black powder. Black powder, yeah, it was. I think the company. I remember was, who made it? I think it was, yeah, black was no. There was another. No, black powder was another pre-workout that I took, but this other, oh, I forget the company name, but it was called Deca Stack, and my buddy's brother gave me like the big containers that the pre-workouts mm -hmm. used to come in, and he's like, I can't take this. He's like, me and a buddy took the stuff and went to the gym. He's like, my buddy was too scared to get out of the car because he was freaking out, and I, I think he walked into the front door and turned around and left because he was so fucked up off the stuff. And that's when I was like hardcore into like super pump and it'll explode yeah. black powder. I would always switch between yeah. the three. And then I was like, yeah, man, like I'll, I'll fucking take it. I'll take anything. And I took this stuff and I remember driving to the gym and I'm like, man, my face, like my face started like feeling like a little numb. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I'm working out reflex and I knew like, it was like almost like a family at reflex. Yeah. It felt like, and this buddy Dale comes up to me and he's like, Hey man, you seem more fired up than usual. I'm like, I'm fucked right now. I'm like, this stuff is. I'm like, I took this stuff. I'm like, I'm tweaking. Like, I was fine. I was handling it. Yeah. But I was out of it. I was tweaking. And I got home, and I'm like sitting on the couch, and I'm just like buzzing. And my stepbrother's like, "You're right." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good, man." But I took this stuff, and I am wired. I'm like, I gotta go for a run or something. I went for a run. I came back. Still, I was not calming down. I was like, this stuff's crazy. I laid in bed till two a.m. and I took it at like. 4 30 and i'm sitting there and i'm like okay this stuff can go away now i gotta get up in like four yeah. hours and then i t i ended up calling uh i think it was sheldon that gave it to me and he's like yeah well how was it i'm like you were joking man this stuff's intense is he gonna take it again i'm like hell yeah i want to take <laughs> that stuff again but i took it again that next day and it didn't do a thing it was like that initial hit yeah. to my system and then it didn't do anything after that but then i learned i think because i i sort of knew the owners of the reflex supplement store it was up on 80th and 200th at the time sort of on the east side of mm -hmm. like where tim where timmy's is it was tucked in there i'm not sure if it's still there 
But I'm like, they're like, you got to shake it. All the caffeine sells yeah. down to the bottom. He's like, you got to remember to shake all your all your pre workout stuff. I'm like, really? And I'm like, okay. So I always did that. But yeah, Super Pump was good though. Yeah. Super Pump 250. Because that was like, I think one scoop was like 200 milligrams of caffeine. It was pretty intense. And yeah. I remember, I remember the, the, the goal was always to try and get your supplements from the States. Because yeah, they were all banned substances. They were all like unregulated. Yeah. I and mean, there was no fucking. It's the Wild West down there. And, and I remember there was, I can't remember the name of this one supplement. It was actually pretty recent, like probably in the last, well, I say recent, maybe in the last like six or seven years. Yeah. Um, and uh, it became a, a class one banned substance <laughs> because the, the molecular structure of the, of the stimulant in it, which they had like, de- they'd named it their own stimulant. It was like one molecule off from, from crack cocaine. Like it was like, an, <laughs> it was, it was literally a derivative of, so when you took it, you were just buzzing. Flying high. You could basically, you were fearless. You basically lift anything you wanted. Just push it so hard. And then, and it, it actually won. I remember it won supplement of the year by, I think it was bodybuilding.com or it was Some sketchy Popeyes. Stuff on that. Like just <laughs> like, like they, like they literally, it was, it was new supplement of the year. And then shortly thereafter, Gone. it was a banned substance completely because it was basically like a methamphetamine. It was crazy. Well, I know I remember taking all like those muscle tech pills they had out. What were they called again? Cell tech and yep. Cellucor. And yeah, I used yeah, to yeah. take hand, like you got to take eight pills a yep. day and then they're like horse pills. You're like, yeah. I'm going to take eight of these. Like, is this stuff good for me? Like, yeah. Like, I remember even when I started taking creatine and my mom printed off a study and it said, like, a glass of creatine is, like, 12, 12 beers to your liver. I'm like, where are you getting this information from? I'm like, creatine is naturally in your system. Yeah. Like, but creatine, like, like it's in my, I take, what is this, uh, cross, cross fuel. Mm-hmm. It's, like, an all-natural pre-workout, and there's creatine in it. Well, creatine is, is a natural substance found in red meat. Yeah. So, and it is, it is probably out of any supplement that you can find in the market, it is, I would say, argue, arguably one of the highestly or the most rated studied supplements. Yeah, that's what I heard. Like, out of anywhere. Well, even if you're not working out, they say you should be on creatine because I mean, it's great you for can, your brain. Yeah, I mean, you can read, like, studies done by the NCAA and, like, all these different, you know, uh, organizations. Is that it have banned? Done Nope, it's a completely like legal, UFC even. It's completely legal substance. Is it? Okay, because yeah. it does increase strength and size. Like yeah. I took what is it, PVL? It's like some of the cleanest creatine yeah. I think you can get. And like I didn't take creatine for years, and then because Alexa works at Nature's Fair, you know, I get it from her. And within like three weeks of taking that stuff, I was like, man, I'm just gonna stay on this stuff for a while. But yeah. then again, I think you're supposed to go yeah, you're on a to break. Cycle. Yeah, yeah you're cycle you're off to cycle it. it in. I mean, what one of the things is, I mean, a lot of people notice you, you kind of gain some water weight. Um, Who cares? And well, <laughs> it's, it's actually a good thing because the water is stored internally in the muscle, yeah. right? It's not it's not like a subcutaneous storage of of water where you have like that bloated like yeah you know after you go on a bender and then you eat a whole bunch of like salty greasy shit the it's day after and then so you know you're feel feeling bloated. 
Well, I mean, the day after you feel fucking great. You have like a six pack. You're like, I'm so dehydrated as fuck. I can like, <laughs> I'm jacked. And then the day after you're like, I am Jabba the Hutt. I feel like a fucking slug. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the creatine stores water in the muscle and it also stores water in the joint. Which so is that's great for so, lubrication. It's exactly. So it, it, it's really good when you're, you know, like j- just for even joint health when you're trying to lift heavy and stuff like that because yeah. there's more water in the joint capsule. It helps protect the joint, reduces a lot of friction. Yeah. Um, it's definitely like a really good supplement. That one, and if anyone looks for like um, for natural vasodilators, yeah, beetroot is probably the best one you can get. It's the highest in nitric oxide. One of the highest. Doesn't wine even have nitric oxide in it? Is wine it has grapes? nitric oxide. Because that's why, like, what I really noticed when I was drinking like a lot of wine when I was younger. Um, I guess I'm still young, but when I was like chugging bottles when I was like 20, my veins and my arms were going crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's because of the wine it dilates my ve- dilates my my veins. And I was like, oh man, I got like a fucking pump in my arms right now from drinking wine. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, when you take that stuff, yeah, because it widens your veins, so more blood flow to your muscles, yeah. so it recovers faster. You get a bigger pump. You get all that all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and they, I mean, they, they even do do it for people who say, for example, have like um, issues with with varicose veins, or they have issues with like just constricting blood vessels and things like that. Um, they recommend vasodilators. So there is mm-hmm. research that people do to be like, well, is beetroot extract, is beetroot powder, like, is it good for people who have these these conditions where they're normally prescribed medication? Yeah. Can they, you know, instead do, like, take something natural, and will it have the same effect? The same effect. You probably have to just take more of it because it's not so yeah. condensed like a medication yeah. would be. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing. Even if my shoulders hurt, my knees hurt, it's like, I don't take shit for it. It's like, I don't want to start stuffing Advil into my system. Like, I just take my CBD at night. But the biggest thing I've noticed, because I, I, I amped up my dosage every night to about 200 milligrams before I go to sleep, it's so hard to get up at five. I'm like, my <laughs> eyes are like barely coming back. I'm like, man, this stuff makes me sleep like a rock. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if I notice it in my joints. I don't know if I'm taking enough long enough. But the thing is, I'm going to burn through because I have 30 mil bottles that have 2000 milligrams of CBD in it. And which is pretty hefty. But when you hear of guys taking 500 to 1,000 milligrams a day, I'm like, what, am I going to spend 90 bucks a week yeah. on CBD <laughs> plus all my other supplements that I take? I'm like, this is getting up there again in price because I remember I used to spend four or $500 a month on Easy. supplements when I was living at home because I was living at home. I didn't yep. pay, you know, I, I don't think I, did I pay rent? I can't remember if I did. But I was just taking whatever I wanted from fucking Popeye supplements or Reflex, wherever I got it from. And well, I can yeah. I can remember. So for the longest time, I mean, I was super spoiled. Like my wife was a sponsored athlete with Nutribolics. Oh really? So I mean, fucking everything was like f- either free or yeah. at cost, right? So I mean, I had fucking everything. Yeah. I had like <laughs> the, I had the GH boosters. I had the you know the the sleep aids i had the vitamins i had just so you're the guy walking masses. in to the gym well, with the duffel those bag duffel of bags shit. of supplements and you're just throwing the pills and the powder oh, yeah. on the cup and taking just it everything just like <laughs> taking it all 
And then uh, when she stopped doing like the, the fitness stuff, when I had to start paying for my own supplements again, I was just like, I started complaining. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, who pays $100 for a tub of protein? I'm like, this is supposed just to be like $20. She's like, no, that's like, that's, that's cost. Yeah. Like, what the actual retail price is, is where I'm like, fuck this. I'm like, how are you supposed to afford this? Yeah, it's expensive, so, man. It's I mean, not cheap no. to live a very healthy life. If you want to be on the supplements and if you want a personal trainer and then you want physio, man, that's... It can add up so quick. All of a sudden, you're like a thousand, two grand a month. Yeah. You know, like if I came to see you once a week, plus taking my supplements, you know, like just everything, everything adds up. And you're like, oh my God, I can't afford this. Yeah. You know, that's why if I could talk to my 18 year old self, I would just grab myself in the face, be like, take care of your body. <laughs> like if your knees hurt, go figure it out yeah. now. Like, yeah. you know, like still party. You had a great time. Yeah. But it's like, if I could, like the way I eat now, I wish I ate when I was like 20. Yeah. Like when I was 20, we were partying weekend warriors. Like I, I never really drank during the week, but Friday, Saturday came around. I'm 100%. And that was always my problem. There was, it was either zero, I'm not leaving the house, or it's 100%. For sure. That's at the gym or at the club, at the bar, wherever we were. It was always 100%. There was no like, I'm just going to have a few beer tonight. It's like, no. Like it's either two or 15 or 18 or 20 or whatever the hell yeah. it was, but I was never, I couldn't, I was always a lightweight. Still am, I think, but um, that was always my problem. I just, I couldn't go 50%. I always had to go 100. And that's probably one of the reasons why, like, I may have issues these days. I don't know. Like, because <clears throat> I always like compare myself to my, everyone compares themselves to their friends mm-hmm. and see what fitness levels they're at, see how they look or whatever. I'm like, I don't think it was much different compared to most people I know. Like, I may have done, I did a lot of snowboarding, which is high impact on the knees. Mm-hmm. I did a bunch of wakeboarding up in my lake. I used to run like crazy. I'm like, well, maybe my body wasn't built really for this. And all those years of just crunching down, and then now they just, that's how they settled. Because I remember, I think I used to train with Shelly Sheeran. She was working at, um, Steve Nash. Yeah. And she was one of the teachers at the training course too. And she actually lives like five minutes down the road. But, um, she's like, that's just sort of how your body settled. I think I'm like, Oh, cool. That's great. That's good news. And she even, she even told me like one time about my knees. She's like, this just might be the way they are. And you didn't feel it till I didn't feel my knees until I was 24. Mm -hmm. And now they went through like a, a phase where I went to physio and I was doing like little side raises laying on my back and side and strengthening my adductor abductors and everything. And then all of a sudden they felt great. So I stopped doing stuff mm-hmm. and then went right back to yeah. running and doing everything. And then they've never been the same since. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things that kind of, I talked to you about was like your shoes make a huge difference. Like a lot of people, they don't realize that, you know, everyone has a different foot yeah. type. You have a, you have a regular arch, a high arch or a flat arch. And the reality is, is you need to have a shoe that, that fits it because if you don't you're gonna have knee and back pain and that's just a reality of it yeah so you know if if you're if you're an avid runner you could be doing your whole body a favor but if yeah, you have if shoes. you have the wrong shoes your knees and your back are gonna be in big trouble because well, like, that impact if that's if that impact is not correct a, a, a correct impact on, on the joint itself 
um, you're just going to wear and tear the shit out of it. Well, because like I heard a while ago, like the style of running was sort of changed when like Nikes came out in like the sixties or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And everyone started running heel first. But when you sprint, you run on your toes yep. more. You're saying even when you're jogging, you should be landing on the ball of your foot because your foot is a natural spring. So when you land on your heels, all that shock literally goes to your knee. And that's why so many people have problems these days because not everyone's running correctly. Mm-hmm. And even like, I even went to, what's that place out in Burnaby? That Fortis, Fortius or whatever center? Um, okay, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I think the Fortis Institute or the... It's like a training facility or yep. whatever. I got hooked up the balls over my leg and ran on a track, and they tracked how I ran because that's when I was like really trying to figure out what the hell's going on with my knees. And they said my strides were too far apart, so every time I would land, my heel would take so much more of an impact. Mm-hmm. They're like, you need to shorten up your stride. So you, I'm not sure if you run, like you still run the same speed, but you shorten up your stride yep. or whatever it is, yep. which is really weird to try and adjust you know that's one of the things i found so difficult but then when i started again like obviously listening to joe rogan but when he had had like these big running guys on they're like everyone started changing the way they're running in the 60s when nikes came out with thicker heel shoes so then everyone sort of changed the Mm -hmm. way so i was like man am i running should i be running more like you almost prance if you run like that on the front of your foot and then my cousin who was on last weekend um, he's like the Western Canada salesman for Hoka shoes. So I can hopefully get a pair through him because mm-hmm. Chaz and Alexa got a pair. They're like, it doesn't even make sense. These shoes. They're like, they're the comfiest things I've ever worn. I pick their shoes up. They weigh like a pound, yeah. like they weigh nothing. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. But I sort of need to go to one of the stores and try on a shoe. But they said it's the comfiest shoes they've ever had in their entire life. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they make they only make, always make a huge difference. Yeah, like, I'm a big fan of of minimalist shoes or like the shoes that have no arch mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, and it's a lot of it has to do with kind of preference and and what you feel is, I guess, kind of works for you that doesn't cause pain, pain or issues. Because I have completely flat feet, I have no arch. I'm yeah. actually supposed to wear orthotics. Like I have like I, I used to have orthotics. And I used to do tons of marathon running. Yeah. And I remember when I would have my orthotics with the inserts, I had full full length orthotics. And uh, I would go through a pair of running shoes every two months because the orthotics would rip through the base of the shoe. Oh, really? And it, I mean, you're talking like $200 pair of shoes every two months. That's, that's a lot of money every it's, year on shoes. It's, <laughs> it's a crazy amount of money on shoes. So I... I I had read when like the Vibrams had started to come out and like mm. the barefoot running and stuff like that. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to see if I can do this yeah. and basically create a false arch in my foot where I'm going to strengthen the muscles in the bottom of my foot Yeah. so that maybe I don't need to use orthotics. Yeah. And it was probably some of the worst pain I'd ever felt for probably a year. In your I feet. would say in my feet. Like, my calves would cramp every single day, and it was just like, oh, my God, like, is this even worth it? Yeah. Um, and then after about a year and a half, never had to wear orthotics again. Just mm. regular running shoes, and I, I had zero issues. 
my brother has the same problem with his feet. Yeah. And he's always worn orthotics and he has knee problems when he runs. Yeah, I'd be I don't think I've ever gone to get like my foot like fully examined. Yeah, I mean you can you can just I mean New Balance does it, Kintech does it. You see what see what kind of Yeah, cuz like I have New Balance on right now and I think these I think they're like 150 bucks and like they're the comfiest shoes I've ever had. Yep. And I'm like, "Oh, these are nice." But like I got them where I'm like I don't want to wear these like to the gym. They're too nice. <laughs> like, even though like I, I wear them when I go out and stuff, but I do wear these in the barn. But it's not like I'd be. I'm almost too afraid to even try and run. Yeah. Because like I can run from my patio slider in my house to the back, and then back, and it's almost a hundred feet or whatever it is, and it's like by the time I get back to the patio slider, like I can already feel my knees. I'm like, yep, and it, like if not to brag about myself but i was a fucking machine when i used to run i could run forever mm-hmm. like i'd literally get that runner's high and yep. i could just go yep. go 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 i could just i could run 30k if i wanted to back in the day like no problem I'd be like hey i can fucking run this but now it's like i can't run like fucking 200 feet and it's just like ah like if it's i've lived with it for like you're saying i've lived with it for so long where it's just like it just becomes normal mm-hmm. but like then there's days where it's just like Figure this out. But it's like I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars through the years. I remember going to a knee specialist, and he gave me a prescription for anti-inflammatory. I'm like, I waited four months <laughs> for this to say, here's a piece of paper yeah. to go take a pill. Take some Advil. Fuck you. You'd be okay. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like, you don't know what how this has affected my life. Like, if I could, like, I'm. it sounds like an excuse, but if, if I could run again, oh, man. I think I'm. I think I'm a consider myself a pretty happy person, anyways. But if I could run again, oh, it'd be li- it'd be life altering. It really would be. Yeah. So yeah. fix me is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Fix my fucking body. <laughs> fix it. <laughs> fix it. <laughs> yeah, I used to do tons of running, and now I think I've just kind of. I think for a, for a point in time, I just kind of ran myself out. Like yeah. I've, I I trained religiously. Like I I would do one to two half marathons a year. I do a 10 K race. I do at least one full marathon. Um, and, uh, like, I mean, I, I used to do the Scotiabank half as like a training. Yeah. As like one of my training runs to like get ready for my marathon kind of thing. Right. Like that's just kind of how I did it. Yeah. And then it just got to a point where I was just kind of like, I'm pretty fucking tired of this. Like yeah. running, like running, like running in, january or february mm-hmm. in the cold with like literally like you're done you do a 35k run so that's just part of your training yeah you get home and there's literally an ice shield that's formed on your toque because <laughs> of the sweat that's dripped off your head yeah, and, and frozen in the cold and you're just kind of like why am i doing this like my wife actually asked me a couple days ago. She's like, oh, it's so nice. Are you, are you going for a run? I'm like, I'm too fucking old to go for a run outside. <laughs> are you kidding me? It's fucking freezing. Yeah. Like one of the hardest races I did was Seek the Peak Relay for Grouse. Yeah. And we started in Ambleside Park and then ran through all the trails up to Capilano Trails, up to the grind, did the grind, then to the top of Grouse and then back to the lodge. And I think it was around like 16K, but it's pretty much trail running running up the hill to the grind then doing the grind which like i had two buddies meet me at the bottom of the grind 
and I had like a water bottle sort of around my waist when mm-hmm. I was running, but then they had a camel bag there where I switched and I had it loaded with NO. <laughs> <laughs> so I started sipping on that shit and I got fired back up to like, but when I met him, they're like, you want to stop running? I was like, if I stop, I'm fucked. Yeah. Like I'll fall over. Yeah. I was like, I just have to keep going. And yeah. I think I crushed the grind and still 55 minutes of after <laughs> running nine K through trails. And I was pretty pumped. I was, and then they called me actually this is sort of a funny story. They, I was going to do it again the next year. And the day before I was at, uh, my buddy's place at his uncle's and he had a big slip and slide party and we had this massive tarp dish soap water everywhere yeah. you know everyone's drinking i had maybe a couple of drinks but i've been training for seek the peak for literally six months and i was like i literally cannot drink i was like i had like two three beer i was like i'm done i went home and i was like man why is my, it's like my dick hurts I'm like, this is fucking weird i woke up in the morning the tip of my dick was burnt burnt <laughs> and i'm like i couldn't I couldn't even put on a pair of boxers. I couldn't do anything. I'm like, I can't fucking run. Like, I can't walk five feet without being in dying pain. I was like, and my dad was up at the lake, up at his cab, up at our cabin, where he lives now. But um, I called him. I was like, Dad, I don't like the tip of my dick. It's like it like it looks like someone put a fucking lighter to it. Like it's burnt. He's like, What did you do yesterday? I was like, We were slip and slide all day. He's like, What did you use? I was like, Just soap. He's like, You have a chemical burn. Yeah. And I was like. Fuck. So all my training for six months, gone. Everyone's calling me, hey, how'd the run go? I was like, are you guys' dicks okay? Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't even put on a pair of boxers, man. Like, and it, it ruined me. Like, I was fucked for, like, a week. I had to walk holding out <laughs> my boxers because I could not have anything touch it. It was so sensitive. And it felt like I laid, like, in the sun for an hour and just got burnt. That's brutal. And I was, like, I was so upset. I was like... Oh my God. And I was so like, so disappointed because I trained so hard and then I just couldn't do the run. And then after that, I think my, that's when my knees started giving me issues. So maybe it was the dish soap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was bummed out, but hopefully we can figure it out. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like I'll wake up with like bruises on the side of my leg. I'm like, I didn't hit my leg. Like, huh? Like, I don't, because it originated in my left. And I thought it was from an accident mm-hmm. when I smoked a tree at Big White. and uh, But then when I went, it was like nine months later when I started noticing the pain. And the guy's like, well, it wouldn't have been from nine months ago. You would have noticed it too quick. For sure. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. It's just work in progress. It's the same thing, just like, you know, hurt versus harm. So, But even the exercises that you showed me that day I, I met you at the gym there, like... I'll make such good progress, and then all of a sudden, I even if I try and push it by another five, ten pounds, all of a sudden it's fucking pain the next day, hardcore. Yeah, and it just feels like the kneecap's not tracking properly over the patella tendon, and I guess in the back of your kneecap's a little groove or whatever for that to track in, and it just feels like it's rubbing on that. Because I remember when I was going to Steve Nash. Someone, uh, Shelly actually taught me how to tape my knee and almost pull my kneecap over sort mm-hmm. of bit so it would track better. And I was trying to do squats and it actually felt better. So I don't know if I need to go back to taping it because it was like, like sort of like an oval around yep. my knee. Yeah, and it looked then, like rock tape or kin tape. Yeah, it was rock tape. And then what did they do again? They did, I think one, oh yeah, they did because you have to stretch it a certain way. 
Yeah. So I would put it on top of my patella and then I would make stick that and then I would pull the sides and then I did the circle the oval around my knee. I think it was. I think that's how it was cuz it was on like when you get rock tape you can unfold that thing and it mm-hmm. shows you how to tape. But then I think there was another one where they would almost tape my knee, I think kneecap down because even when I went to even forget what physio place or whatever it was back in the day. Um, they said that even my kneecap sits a tad high mm-hmm. where it actually even exposes the ex- patella tendon more, which is, is not good in my right. for my body. So or probably for anyone's body, but there's a couple things going on. Like the kneecap doesn't track properly. There's just instability, I think, in my joints just in general. Probably should have built my legs up more when I was younger. That's one of the things I sort of probably could have done anything but it feels like it feels like not hopeless now but it's just like it's so much like physio exercises just suck in general yeah that's why people don't want to do them and that's even coming from me where i I dedicate a lot of my time to my body and even i don't want to fucking do them but i force myself to simple leg extensions with 20 pounds which fries my legs yeah because it's just they're not they're not fucking strong. No, it's just like they're atrophied. Yeah. 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 It's just. Yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, there are things out there like patella stabilizers, and you can. I mean, there are knee braces that are not compression braces. Yeah. But they're patella stabilization braces. Yeah. That. Do they like center the kneecap better? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So something you can definitely, definitely look into. Um, because I, I, the last time we, I, we saw each other, um, we talked about, uh, like the, the, the shock absorber, like the little, the band that sits underneath your kneecap. Yeah. That's supposed to absorb a lot of the impact. Um, just things like that. I mean, there's, there's, there's probably some inexpensive tools that you haven't tried out yet. Yeah versus you know going for ongoing but realistically i need to build the muscle up in my leg to sort of correct the the imbalance of i think it was because what was my my outside and my it band were too tight yeah and then my inside whatever it's too weak your adductors it's just my adductors like there's like fucking nothing there yeah like and do would they break down more over time not being challenged as a muscle even though i use them like every day i guess still from walking yeah I mean, it's it's just generally atrophy just comes from from not using a particular muscle. Yeah. Right. So, um, if you're, you know, just doing, if you're doing walking and things like that, I mean, you're still going to be doing some movement, basic some movement, basic yeah. movement. So you're not going to have, I would say, as significant muscle wasting as say, for example, I mean, I've had clients where they injure their elbow. Mm-hmm. And they just they they quite literally do not use that injured arm out of fear of re-injury for over a year. Like now you're example. supposed to actually use it almost right away, aren't you? Yep. And and then they end up with frozen shoulder. They end up with you know significant muscle atrophy. There's muscle wasting. Uh, you know, you now you're looking at what could have taken maybe two to three months to rehab something could take two years or longer 
to yeah. fix because now you're just so far gone beyond the normal realm of what an injury should yeah. be. Like most soft tissue, most soft tissue injuries should take 12 weeks. That is the recovery time frame of a soft tissue injury is eight. Well, yeah, eight to 10 weeks, mm-hmm. 12 weeks on a high end. And um, ligaments can be like a year. Yeah. Yeah. So when I say soft tissue, it's like your generic soft tissue. So like sprain strain, um, like you pulled something in your low back yeah. kind of, you know, twisted your shoulder weird, stuff like that. Yeah. If it's like a rotator cuff strain, then you're looking at, you know, quite a bit longer for recovery. If you're, if you're talking about tears, even longer. If you're yeah. talking about ruptures where you're having retraction of muscle, then it's, you know, you're looking at a year plus. But for for the bulk of injuries that happen now, yeah. with especially and now with the ever-increasing, you know, disability because we've become a society that perpetuates further disability. Yeah. Um, most injuries should recover within eight to ten weeks. On the longer end, twelve weeks. Some some should recover faster. But now people are taking six months, one year. Mm-hmm. To recover from, I don't know, a low back strain. Yeah. And their argument is, why have some pain? It's like, well, you're 50. You already have degenerative disease in your back because everybody does. Yeah. And you probably already had pain. There's no such thing as being pain-free in your low back. I have pain in my low back. Yeah. Everybody has pain in their low back. Yeah. But it's, I mean, the unfortunate thing now is that with a lot of providers and therapists, it's just such a massive business in BC. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it has come with just, you know, ICBC and, and the insurance providers, yeah. basically blanket approving everything. So now, you know, I had a client, um, she went to Catalyst, which is, they're, they're, the, they're the clinic for the Vancouver Canucks. Like they okay. are the, one of the kind of like premier, yeah facilities and uh i think she had something like before she saw me probably like 400 physiotherapy visits all covered through icbc and and she and she had somehow somehow while attending the clinic developed frozen shoulder so you have to wonder what is the therapist doing that would allow a patient to develop a frozen shoulder condition which can only be done through inactivity really Mm-hmm. because she never even had a shoulder issue to begin with, but in, she had like a carpal tunnel issue and some other stuff, yeah. somehow develops frozen shoulder while attending 400 physiotherapy visits and still does not have any, Jesus. you know, method of, of like significant recovery. It's because it's a business. The longer you stay disabled, yeah, the more business you're going to be to that clinic. Right. So physiotherapists, unfortunately, a lot of them do it. Uh, chiropractors are notorious for it. Like they're, they, they, their whole fucking thing is like, you have to come see me four times a week. It's like, cause I have time to c- see you four times a week. Time and money for adjustments. <laughs> like how long is this supposed to go on for? Oh, and then after a while, you should see me, you know, once a week for the rest of your life. It's like, well, what the fuck? You're not, obviously not doing anything yeah. for me. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate. And, you know, when, when I train people, I try and just build a basic knowledge 
so that for the most part, you don't have to come see me three times a week to, to do your, your fitness training. It's like, yeah, you probably did for the first, you know, two months. Yeah. Three times a week. We built super strong base. You got some resistance bands, you know how to do all your exercises now. Yeah. And then maybe once every two weeks for a little bit and then once a month and then you're done and you know all the exercises you know how to do everything safely yeah for the most part you're recovered go off and do your own thing yeah because like it's that's the one thing that bothers me about all these people that do like that online coaching stuff Mm -hmm. where they do a fitness challenge and then they join a group and then they become like a coach and i'm like you cannot call yourself a fucking coach i could call you a coach Mm -hmm. chad 100 percent a coach 100 Shelly was definitely a coach. Yep. Most of the trainers that I've known definitely coaches. But then you have these people on Facebook and Instagram doing their videos. Yeah. And sometimes I'm not saying I'm the best with form. <laughs> you can listen to me like my body is fucking shit. But that's one of the things I do focus on because of my body being shitty is form. Yep. And it's like you look at some of these people's videos that they're uploading and people follow these instructions. And it's like, Look how terrible your form is. Yeah. Like, did you go to school for this? Nope. You've just practiced watching videos. And now you're teaching people how to do these movements improper. I think I think the issue is now, especially with social media, is that a lot of like the super, you know, popular, well known uh fitness yeah. personality. I keep seeing that V shred guy always popping up. There's just so many shortest, of them now. <laughs> shortest point A to point B is a straight line. I'm like, fuck off with your marketing. <laughs> <laughs> and and a lot of it has to do with uh, aesthetics. So you know they they follow people, they listen to people who have you know aesthetically they're extremely attractive people. Yeah, m- men and women. Um, but the reality is is that most of them have a very basic, fundamental knowledge of of actual movement patterns. Yeah. So they may have a very vast, um, I guess, portfolio of exercises to mm-hmm. give people. And and a lot of them, I mean, they, they you learn through trial and error and you do all these different kinds of things. But all they're doing is just saying, well, you, you should do this and you should do this. Follow my program and you will get this. Yeah. And the reality is, is that everybody's different everyone has a different gait pattern everyone has a different squat pattern you know how you how i squat is different from how you squat it's Mm -hmm. different from how someone else's squats because it has to do with your cue angle it has to do with you know how your how your knees naturally track over your toes it has Mm -hmm. to do with you know your spine do you do you tuck your hip when you get into a low squat well if you do then you have tight hip flexors then we got to work on the hip flexors before we can improve your squat but they don't teach those kinds of things right it's just it's just a thing well hey you got a six pack and you're pretty jacked and you lift some pretty impressive weight so i'm going to listen to you as my trainer a perfect example is um what's his name von monger callum von monger yeah he's right right? (laughs) so he's i mean he's a beauty yeah he seems like a rad dude yeah he's a gem right yeah but like you look at him, would you get personal training advice? I mean, granted, he clearly knows what he's doing. Yes. Genetically, he's very gifted. Yeah, he's for a sure. Very just naturally gifted human being. Yeah. Right. But you look at someone who's like 
blown his bicep tendon twice, Neat. ruptured his his uh, uh, quadricep tendon, and like and a lot of it was. I mean, the quadricep tendon was a stupid move. Like I don't know, rappelling down a cliff face. Yeah, the but, bicep one too. Him and his buddy curling that fucking yeah. bar with two forty five. Uh, Chris or three. Chris Bumstead. Yeah, but the real but the, the thing is, is that why would you trust somebody who would injure themselves while lifting? doing stupid things mm-hmm. so you have to wonder how can you coach me to do the right thing yeah when you're literally severely injuring yourself doing the wrong thing yeah and like i'm not bashing all those people that do that online coaching thing i'm sure they've helped people percent. like i'm not totally but if you want to get like fucking technical it's like that's not the right way to do it like it for, works it works for it works for mainstream it works yeah. for people who don't have issues it works for people who don't have pre-existing conditions it works for people who don't have issues like yourself yeah right so for the general population 100 percent. yeah but for people who actually need help yeah like who would really benefit from one-on-one they're also doing the online stuff mm-hmm. and it's it, a lot of the times it it's easier work. It's, it's easier it's cheaper 100%. you can do it in your house but if I give any advice to someone's like, you know what? I really want to like better myself like physically. And I want to learn more about any type of training. It's like, go to a personal trainer. Yep. And if you really want to know it, go to a nutritionist too. Yep. Not every personal trainer knows a lot about nutrition, which is sort of funny. I thought those two would be hand in hand. But when I did school, like we literally skipped over the nutrition part. Completely. Yep. And I'm like, shouldn't this be like a huge fucking part in this? Even yep. though like nutrition is crazy confusing compared to, most fitness yeah but at least you should know like a little bit i think but i think even in the nasm book that i still have inside i think there is a nutritional part but i don't think i don't think we barely even went through it and and nutrition can actually get super complicated too right because like then your own views come into your that's own the views problem. and then uh, and the, it can also have to do with like you know if you have certain intolerances that maybe you don't even know about yeah um if like, the bi- I think the biggest thing is it's not so much for guys because guys have testosterone, right? So that is a natural fat burner. Yeah. But for women, fucking estrogen is like a death card, essentially, is what it is. It, it's, it stores fat in all the wrong places. It's, you know, that causes so many issues. Hormone imbalances, when it, especially when women get older, ability to to lose weight, strength, and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it significantly yeah. reduces. After you've had a kid, fuck, your hormones are fucked. It is like, <laughs> yeah. it's a shit storm, yeah. right? And, you know, you can't just read a book and be like, okay, I figured it out. I'm or do or this. Watch, watch some fitness pro do X and Y and be like, you should eat this mm-hmm. and you should do this. And you're gonna lose weight. It's like, yeah. well, I just had a kid. I'm breastfeeding. My hormones are on a completely different level. Yeah. There is no way doing this is gonna help me lose weight. Yeah. Like it just it just doesn't exist. Right. And so it's just, yeah, I mean, I highly recommend to anybody, even if it's for like a consultation, talk to a professional. And at least they'll give you some kind of direction. Just get an, ass- uh, get an assessment done. Yep. See how your squat's like. See how yep. your back's like. See if your ankles are yep. dropping in. See if your knees are tracking properly. If your 
back's bending too much or it's flat. Like there's, and you can literally do that within like 10 minutes. Yep. You can like, I think I even did it on Katie once. And like, I sort of like had the book out in front and I was like, Oh yeah, how do you do this again? <laughs> but like, I could tell like, you know, her left foot was rolling in a little bit. She d- sort of has more like the knock knees going yep. on. Like even when a lot of people walk, you can see their knees yep. sort of hit together and, you know, but there's obviously different ways to correct everything. That's the beauty of it. But it's just a lot of, it's a lot of time, a lot of effort. And that's coming from me. It's just, it's, I have always told myself I have endless effort, but right now it's like, oh, I just want to drink more whiskey. I want to drink more scotch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, like you're going to have those up and down days for sure. And that's what you really need to figure out when it comes to fitness. Not every day is going to be a good day. And I think also it's all, you can't kind of compare yourself to other people at the gym. That's know, a huge when, ego when problem for guys. 100%. And I think girls don't like going to a lot of gyms because of getting looked at, getting judged. But guys are just as fucking bad. I think guys are worse. 100% guys are worse. But uh, <laughs> for me, it's like if a jack guy like, walks in the gym, it's like, yeah, I'm checking him out. Like, the guy's fucking jacked. Like, look how big that guy is. Like, yeah. there were a few guys at Reflex that were ridiculously strong. Yeah. Squatting eight plates aside. Yeah. Full squat suit on, chalk across the back. Found him in the in the bathroom, smacking himself in the face, putting up whatever his nose to amp him up. Yeah. Hey, I need you to come out, spot me. I'm like, spot you. Yeah. What? <laughs> so me and another guy were on the other side of the squat rack, eight plates aside. And he put a bench behind him. He squatted down, rested his ass cheek for like a second and stood up. I'm like, that is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah, that's insane. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. And I saw him hammer curl 150-pound dumbbells too. (laughs) (laughs) Big Daryl. He has a fucking massive dude. Yeah. But he was like 320 pounds. That's huge. He was was one of the biggest guys I ever met. Even besides Jay Cutler, I met Jay Cutler years ago, and that didn't even make sense. Yeah, I just wanted to go up to him and like sort of yeah, poke, poke him. him. Like he, for people that know Jay Cutler, he's four time Mister Olympia. Yeah, four time. And um, yeah, I met him at Reflex Supplement Store at sixty fourth, just off two hundred. And like, I met him. And it was it like meeting someone that big, and especially when he's like five nine, yeah. I think. Yeah, they're short. And I was just like, it doesn't look. I I, I wanted to poke him. Like yep. I wanted to poke his shoulder, and then he went upstairs, and then he was like posing for us. So he's just in his ganch, and it's just like, oh my god! Yeah, like it didn't, like his quads touched literally almost down to his knees. Yeah, I'm like that, like his, like he's been always been known for like his shoulders. Yeah, like it looks like bowling balls were yep. just placed on his shoulders. Like that doesn't even make sense. And I think he was off season, so I think he was like 305 pounds. And that's at 5'9". Yeah, that's huge. Like, Coleman, I think, got to, like, 320. I think Victor Martinez, I think, got to, like, 340 or 330 or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, wow. Yeah, they're big. But that's a whole different other game. Yeah, I met <laughs> uh, I met Phil Heath at the Arnold Classic. My wife was upstairs. She was doing the, she was doing the Arnold Classic. The gift. She was She was competing. Yeah. So I was in... Uh, the restaurant. I was like, "Fuck, I'm just gonna have breakfast." Yeah. And sure enough, like literally right across from me was Phil Heath and his entourage having some giant fucking breakfast. And I got a photo with him, and no word of a lie, he's probably twice as wide as I was at the time. Yeah. Just a brick house. Yeah. And he's, I just like, oh my god, this is unreal. I'm like, how do you get to that size? 
just ridiculous. Like, I don't think people fully understand how hard of a life that is to live. Yeah. Like, it's not just, oh, those guys take a bunch of steroids. Like, yeah, but that is it. That's all they do is lift and eat and lift and eat. Yeah. Imagine doing that. Most people would yeah. probably break within a week. Yeah. Those guys I, are just animals. I listened to, uh, or I watched uh, a documentary on Phil Heath, on, on, on Phil Heath, on Jay Cutler about his like training regimen and eating schedule. And he literally would set his alarm clock for every like hour and a half or two hours to eat. So he would wake up at like one o'clock in the morning and then he would go at three o'clock in the morning and then five o'clock in the morning and would literally be eating like either having weight gain or protein shakes or eating chicken and rice. Yeah. Like literally cold. Well, he trained late. He'd train at like midnight, 2 a.m. sometimes. I'm like, how the hell do you do that? It's just, it's, it's unreal. It's just it's unfreaking believable. Yeah, like my my still my one thing on my bucket list is to go to Mr. Olympia in Vegas. Well, I may not be in Vegas. It's in uh, Florida this year. It's in Orlando. Of course, it's in Florida. Yeah, I got moved because Vegas is still in lockdown. Is it from COVID? Yeah. So because of the restrictions, they're not allowing. Or Olympia got moved this year to Orlando. Yeah, like I I want to go to Mr. Olympia because I heard like the the uh, expo is just crazy. amazing to go yeah. to. They're like. You don't even need to go to the show. Just go to the expo. You, you get so much free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and I need to meet Arnold. Yeah. I need to meet Arnold. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna email him one day to see if he can come <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> That'd be awesome. As soon as the border's open back up, I'm shooting him an email. 100%. Like, hey, you want to do something really cool? <laughs> come to Langley, PC and come on my podcast. I wouldn't even know what to say. If, if he actually said yes? Oh, geez. That'd, oh, be, that'd be fucking amazing. nuts. I'd probably have people like in the parking lot waiting. (laughs) You'd be out there like, can I come in too? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because like even watching Pumping Iron and stuff like that, like it's just, I still watch that movie probably once every six months. And I'm like, this is so cool. (laughs) It's just, he was the man. Oh, 100%. His physique was incredible. Mm -hmm. Like I have his encyclopedia of bodybuilding and then I have that total recall book of his too. And there's a picture of him in there when he was 16, and it's like, holy shit, dude. Like, he is the biggest 16-year-old you'd ever see. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, like, this guy's a beast. Yeah. Like, he even won the last Olympia. He was training for Conan, and he wasn't even in that show. But the filming, I think, was in Australia, and that's where Mr. Olympia was held that year. And he just went there and went on stage and still beat everyone. Yeah. That's <laughs> just like, and that tells and, you. And he's tall. I yeah, think he's 6'2". That's, that's what made him so different from everybody else was that the bodybuilders now they're all like i mean five nine is tall for a bodybuilder some of these guys are like five foot five. Oh, well, who was uh who was the other big guy um lou frigno he was pretty tall lou frigno uh what's his name the more recent one was dennis wolf yeah dennis wolf was tall yeah he's a tall one but the, he i mean he never won olympia he, he was an olympia competitor but he never yeah. won but most of them are are short and i think what people don't realize is that like you'll see other people at the gym and they'll fucking be giant yeah but they're gonna be sh- and they may be shorter yeah and it all has to do with the size of the muscle belly so if you have if you're shorter your limbs are going to be shorter yeah your muscle belly is going to be larger because you can create those peaks because you have that shorter joint angle and so you can lift heavier because your joint angle is smaller yeah so someone who say for example is 
Franco Colombo, man. He could lift crazy weights yeah. for a tiny little guy. And because it's and so like one like one of the things that are common misconception is say for example you're doing a bench press, everyone's like you got to go bar to chest. Mm-hmm. It's actually not correct. I always heard it's fist off your chest. So I hearing it's it's actually dependent on the length of your arms. So people who are shorter, when and they and they who are who do weightlifting, they can have a larger chest. Mm-hmm. And so when you come down, they may only come down to about 90 degrees and the bar will actually touch their chest because their, their, their limbs are shorter mm-hmm. and their chest is larger. So that gap when they're coming down is not as far. Makes sense. But for someone who has a larger joint angle, um, when they come down, when they come down chest to bar, they're at like way past 90. way past ninety, and that's actually and for your shoulder joint in of itself is not pretty tough because your the way your shoulder fits into the capsule, um, there's almost nothing holding it in in the front, right? It's 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 almost open. You have like a little bit of of cupping from from your clavicle and your acromion and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. really it's it's like an open ball joint, so it sits kind of like on the rear yeah and then you have all the the your scapula and everything kind of supports from the back but coming from the front so if you're way down here your shoulders are you know they're in a super bad they're in a bad spot right and so you should really only ever come down to do like a 90 degree angle yeah your with your arm to your your bicep like in your elbow yeah. maybe a little bit farther down just to get that stretch in the pack. just to get the stretch to get the actual activations and everything else so for me it's actually quite a large gap between my chest and bar yeah um and for you the same thing it would be a larger gap than someone who's shorter who has say s- shorter arms they may be able to go all the way down and that's just a natural. So all those years of been like that guy doesn't even touch his chest with the bar. Totally bogus. <laughs> totally bogus. <laughs> totally bogus. <laughs> just, just, it's just such a. And but it's most people don't know that because everyone's being trained ass to grass, chest to bar. Yeah. Right. That is literally how it's been like. How everyone was brought up. Yeah. But the reality is, it's not. Science has shown that it it, it almost makes no. There's there's no really no benefit. Going way beyond it to the extreme extremes of a range of motion so even like doing like chest flies chest flies same thing you only want to come down to where you're the, feel the stretch where in your you're chest. feeling the stretch and the main trick with that one is you want to squeeze your, your shoulder blades together so yeah when you can go down to where your chest up where you can squeeze your shoulder blade yeah. together that's you know that's the point and then you bring it back so mm-hmm. it's it's and this comes back to the education piece if you have a trainer that tells you chest to bar and they have n- and you're going to an extreme yeah that trainer has no fucking clue what they're talking about because they've just in their mind they believe you know this is you know this is i don't want to be i don't want people to make fun of me because i'm not doing chest to bar so i'm going to start training people you know chest to bar chest to bar yeah it's like that's that's literally not the case if you do a if you do a push-up you can only go down to 90 degrees you literally cannot go beyond that like you're like when you're when you're coming down, if your arms are out wide enough, you're basically coming down to where your elbows are at ninety degrees, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit further. Actually, I never thought of that before. But that when you're sense. on your back and you have nothing supporting where your arms are actually flowing from, mm-hmm. you can go way, way, back. way, 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 way back and press it up. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's actually a 
good way to look at. I never thought of that because that's just, yeah, just, I guess, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, never, yeah, never and looked earth, at it like, like that. For, and if you're gonna push, if you're gonna push somebody away, or if you're gonna push a car, or you're gonna, you know, try and move something. Yeah, you are you start. ever are you ever gonna push something with your chest touching the actual item, and then attempt to move it? No, you're literally like you have a gap. Yeah, because that is your strongest position. Yeah, right. So if if that's how you naturally want to do something, where is the advantage of going through that extreme range of motion? Interesting. Hmm, I never looked at it like that before. Well, you even said that about military press too. Yep. Like, don't go too far down. So I didn't like. I'll sort of. Yeah, I I don't really go. If I go past ninety, it's literally like an inch, yep. if that, and then just press back up. Yeah, yeah. Because like even with um, I think I think I used to because I used to watch bodybuilding videos all the time on YouTube, and it was like a Phil Heath one, and he was doing preacher curl. Yeah. And he doesn't wrap his hands all the way around. He just lets it rest on his hands, so it activates more of the bicep muscle instead of so much of the forearm. Yep. But then I'm like, well don't you still want to use your forearm strength in that workout as well to like not lose strength in your forearms? Obviously coming from a guy like that, like like you can't really compare yourself (laughs) to a fucking Mr. Olympia, but just as people's common knowledge, there's so many different little tricks. Like even how you hang on a bar with like a lap pull down instead Mm -hmm. of like wrapping your thumbs around and, you know, you use more of like a cliffhanger for your four fingers or whatever. So you use more of your back muscles instead of your forearms. And I guess be less of your biceps as well. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it re- again, it comes back to how you want to train. You, yeah. You can train aesthetically. You can train functionally. You can train for health. It's, there's, yeah. there's, there's like training for health is just like basic movements. Yeah. Functional training is like, you know, um, that's Chad. Chad's functional. Strength training, power training. Um, you know, you're incorporating ranges of motion and things like that yeah and then you have hypertrophy or bodybuilding training which is like you know you do you use fat grips to yeah. kind of like i have know, a pair of those yeah. in the barn <laughs> you use, fucking like, brutal to use yeah and that's hypertrophy training uh, things like where you're doing um a collapsed wrist when you do a bicep curl so if you collapse your wrist and let it literally hang so you don't use your muscles to try and keep a neutral yeah. wrist and you collapse it that helps build your bicep peak oddly enough because you're, you're not so much you're it, it forces your bicep to contract in a completely different way. And it does, I mean, you can try it and you will literally feel a way more significant burn in your bicep. Hmm. And so, but functionally whoever lifts, holds something like a wet noodle and then tries to lift nobody. So there's no functional benefit to doing it aside from the aesthetic portion where you have a large bicep peak. So people who look like, you know, chiseled out of stone, functionally, in terms of functional strength, there's a good chance they're actually just like an average human being. Yeah. But when it comes to very specific hypertrophy training, then they're massive. They're yeah, beasts. There's a guy I used to follow on Instagram, Joe Aesthetic or something like that. I think he lives in like, india somewhere and his physique is crazy he is so shredded and he has actually a pretty good knowledge for for someone to be in that good a shape Mm -hmm. like your knowledge has to be pretty good like way better than the average person for sure 
and uh, he'd always like make videos like you know like tricep down like certain positions where you can stand farther away to do triceps or you're huddled over top and do mm-hmm. triceps or you're just standing more neutral or your elbows far f- uh, more forward or more like more uh, closer to your side and all this type of stuff but he was like the most shredded person i've ever seen and i'm like that is crazy yeah but it's like that guy you would have to you have to eat so clean yeah so clean to even become like that unless you were genetically predisposed yeah. So if you're an ectomorph, an endomorph, or a mesomorph. So if, you, if you're if you a hard gainer, then you're going to be super lean. Yeah. Right? Um, but it's also like, it, so if you're if you're someone who is naturally lean and has a super high metabolism, mm-hmm. um, even though it may be harder for you to gain weight, it's easier for you to put on muscle. Because if you can tweak your nutrition properly, your metabolism will force all that nutrition into your muscle bellies and into your body to help build. But it's a matter of maintaining that. Yeah. That, that, that nutrition base. So he could be one of those guys. It's just like a fucking furnace. Like just yeah. burns everything off. Yeah. And then you have on the opposite spectrum, you have like your strong men yeah. who are just, they are literally the strongest Eddie people Hall. on earth. Yeah. Eddie Hall or like Thor and like yeah. all those guys. And they're, they're, and by no means are they shredded, but they are like solid, strongest guys, massive on the <laughs> human beings. Yeah. Right. They don't have the aesthetic, but they could basically crush you with their fucking bare hands. Yeah. Literally, they can crush you. But they're, they're the, they're, they're opposite. like, they're complete opposite. So they gain very easy. But in order for them to say, for example, you know, lose weight or drop, it's That's super difficult. So hard. It's so hard to do. So it's it's just a matter of, you know, you you try and find where you fit, kind of in the fitness in the area. scale. Well, you really and need you to figure out your goals. Yeah. Like if you're just getting into working out and nutrition, it's like you really need to figure out what your goals are. Like, well, I want to lose weight. It's like, well, it's a lot more than that. It's like. Well, I like my back to be more defined. I'd like to have more like, you know, I want a flatter stomach and all this. It's like you have to tweak so many different little variations. Mm -hmm. And then you might have underlying problems. And then you're like, oh, you know what? My shoulder sort of hurts when I do this. Okay, well, let's figure this out. And like strong, like start with a strong foundation. Yeah. Like literally get an assessment, figure out what's in balance, fix the imbalance, then start actually, I think lifting or doing whatever exercises your trainer gets you to do yeah and i think it's, it's always good to kind of to have a goal i think people who have a goal of say weight loss probably don't really know what they want mm-hmm. um there's probably other factors i mean especially for trainers when they're training people a lot of people who have who have goals or who want to say lose weight or get stronger you know a lot of the times you start playing the role of like you know, a counselor on the same time because there's always a, an emotional or psychological psychological component yeah. built into it. And you kind of follow them on their journey. You kind of go through their highs and lows and yeah. and everything else. I think for most people, it, it's just, if you want to get into fitness, it's just, just get into fitness just to be fit, just so that you wake up in the morning and just you don't feel, feel tired. Yeah, feel good you about don't, yourself. Like you're not... You feel like you feel like you have more energy, things yeah. like that, right? It's not like 
don't worry about a number on a scale. Don't worry about, you know, I, I want to be able to lift this much by, by this time. It's like, yeah. worry about, worry about that shit later when, yeah. when you've actually, you know, figured out really what you want, because yeah. you may get into fitness, like I want to lose weight. And then three months down the road, you're like, I'm actually pretty happy. I actually kind of want to just like, I want to be able to run a 10 K. Yeah. Right. I want to be able, and then, so your goals are evolving, but it's never, don't really try and harp on. I always, I always try and say, don't harp on like a number on the scale, Mm -hmm. because a lot of the times when you start working out, you will legitimately lose inches. Yeah. The, the scale may not change a whole awful lot. Because yeah. for a good portion of the time initially, there's water retention. You're, there's more water in the muscle belly. There's water in the joint. That's weight. You're, you are holding on to weight, but yeah. it's not body fat. So you may be losing body fat. But gaining there muscle. May, or gaining muscle or just holding on to water. Like a perfect example is, so when I used to go running, when I would do my long runs, mm-hmm. I would weigh myself before and after sometimes super curious i would gain about four pounds in the course of a run i wouldn't lose weight i would gain weight because of the water i was drinking was Mm -hmm. being stored in my legs my legs were swollen yeah and the next day i would still be about four pounds heavier and then the day Mm -hmm. after i would lose i would lose water weight so a lot of times a lot of people may not actually lose weight for a couple months yeah but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, their shirts fit better, pants fit better. Yeah, you know, things feel looser. They feel more mobile. Yeah, it's like, well, like, well, I don't understand why the weight and the scale is going not going down. It's like, it probably is. Yeah, but a lot of the times, your body will, if it hasn't been through that before, it's almost like a trauma. So it goes into shock. So it does whatever it can to hold on to hold on to that weight survival because. It doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And that can, sometimes that can take six months before it's really, your body's really like, well, oh, I know what to, you're doing. It's willing to drop, yeah. start dropping. And a lot of that, that stored weight is water or other fluids or liquids that your body is just trying to store and save because it's yeah. trying to replace what was lost. And the problem is a lot of people, if they don't see a result within about, couple weeks four weeks <laughs> yeah. i want to say four yeah. to six weeks they just start dropping off yeah and it's like really all you had to do was stick in it for maybe another four and you probably would have had a significant change yeah or a significant fix um so it's i mean it's always good to have a goal but it's never you should never just like look at a scale never look at a scale it should never be a specific number it should be more for you know you're doing it for yourself. Like you just, you, you need to have. Yeah. Train for yourself, not train others. For yourself. Just train to feel better. Yeah. And then once you start feeling better, then you can make the specific goal. Then you'd be like, yeah. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to be able to lift this much more in X amount of time. Yeah. I want to finally be able to do a full squat. Yeah. Like, and then kind of go from there. I don't want to feel tired after playing with my kids for two hours. Yeah. I don't want my low back to hurt after doing this. Right. And then it's just, it, it just small steps and you kind of reach. Well, it's crazy how much it can really improve your life and yeah. like your attitude and everything. Like if you have a good workout, 
like I think I already said this, but you feel like so much better all day. Yeah. You're like, man, just day started off right. But even if I know, like, if I'm not working, like, um, out on like at a job site one day, I sometimes won't go to the gym and into the barn in the morning because I know I can work out around like three o'clock and the. Mm-hmm. The workouts are definitely better in the afternoon. 100%. When you try and train at five in the morning, it's like your body's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's it's tough. Like, especially the barn, it's it's five degrees in the barn when we're trying to work out. Yeah. But we're working on getting heat. We have Chaz bought two heaters that we're going to mount up and we're going to insulate the whole upstairs and sort of wrap it in some insulation and poly and stuff. So hopefully uh, we can actually get it warm in there, maybe around 20 degrees instead of five. You're in there like warming up on the bike, and I'm in like two sweaters, fucking both hoods are on, yeah. fucking sweatpants. I'm like, yeah, going Rocky style. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but it's good though. But yeah, that's there's so many like even little simple things you can do at your house. Like, even with you have like a little bit of low back pain, like those scorpions mm-hmm. or whatever with your feet, yeah. and then you do back bends. You know, like a lot of times, even if your your lower back hurts, it's mostly because your quads and hamstrings and your glutes are tight. Yep. So like the problem might not even be in your back, but yep. that's just the focal point of pain. Trigger point. Yeah, it's just like stretch your legs, like guarantee your back will feel better. Yep. Trigger point your glutes, usually your back will, your back will. Trigger point relax. sucks. Yeah, but it works. Fuck when you rub down my neck, <laughs> and the tingling in my earlobe was so bad, I was like, stop. I was like, just give me a second. I couldn't believe how fucking painful that was. I was like, that's on my neck. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Well, it's the same thing when you were complaining with your shoulder. And I was like, nah, man, it's your pack. Your pack is really tight. And you're like, what are you talking about? And fucking just right in there. And it was like, like fetal position almost. It's just like so painful. Oh, man. And I I could tell right away, just like, just by doing an assessment, I was like, it's your shoulder is bad. But the, the, the actual tight, that's coming from your bicep tendon. It's coming from your pec. It's coming from other areas. It's not yeah. necessarily the shoulder. I mean, the shoulder is an issue, yeah. but it's just a small piece of a puzzle yeah. to other stuff that hasn't been that's worked on. Like the scalenes and everything. Like your pec is tight. Starting to pull your scalenes. Now your scalenes are super bad. That's why you. That's why it's super painful to work that stuff out. Your scalenes are bad. It can affect your jaw. So then you can get (laughs) TMJ. You start getting tension headaches out of your neck. Well, I've had tension headaches forever. Like, I'll get them. Well, I started taking magnesium before I went to bed, and that was huge. Huge. It literally almost took away my headaches overnight. Mm -hmm. Plus, I had to stop watching TV in the dark. And because of, like, if I was laying in bed and the TV's, like, not up the highest like my eyes would be mm-hmm. not straight in front of me they'd be more tilted down so i think even the strain on my eyes and then the dark would was causing my headaches in the morning because like literally for a year i bet you it was a year i woke up with a headache almost every day and like not like bad ones but i could just do like peppermint oil on my temple where mm-hmm. i'd like you can, you can eat almonds i think almonds are really good for taking away like minor headaches but um but yeah but that magnesium was a game changer yeah, I don't go. I don't go to bed without taking four hundred milligrams of it before I go to bed. But I think CBD helps too, though. Yeah, CBD definitely helps. Yeah, but again, I think I think the studies are <sighs> excuse me um, starting to really come around. I think for more CBD. I think they are starting to kind of do more research because everyone's not so scared to do research on it now. Well, exactly, it's no longer taboo. Yeah. 
right? But now it's been around forever. For a very, very long <laughs> Especially time. Especially in BC. <laughs> yeah, very, very long time. I mean, there's definitely benefits to it. I mean, my my wife, her grandma now takes um, CBD. I don't know if she takes CBD, like, gummies or if she uses a CBD cream um, for her shoulder. Yeah. She has chronic pain in her shoulder. Um, and she sees benefit from it. Yeah, so I've bought in the cream before, but it's like tiny jars are like forty five bucks. I'm like, absurd. if there's a company out there, man, just f- fucking don't make the goddamn cream so expensive. Like it's stupid, and you burn through that shit. If you're rubbing it on your joints or your muscles every day, you'll burn through a fucking thing. Like oh, yeah. Biofreeze doesn't smell natural. No, <laughs> it's the farthest thing probably from natural, but it works really well. Yeah. I found it's the best cream probably besides CBD that I've ever tried. Yeah. And I've tried a lot of them. Yeah, I think I've, I've, I've preached Biofreeze to everybody. I think I told you about Biofreeze. Yeah, because I was going to get, get that P4, P5, yeah. whatever that stuff is. That's another cream I think that's really good. Yeah. But I can get, I think, the three tubes of Biofreeze on Amazon for like 35 bucks. Yeah, super cheap. Yeah, and I bought – but they have like a green bottle one and a white bottle one. And I bought – I was like – I didn't want to buy it online. I'm like, I want the cream right away. So I ended up going to like shop. It was like 20 bucks for one of the things. I'm like, fuck it. So I just got it. But it was like a green colored one compared to the white ones that I that I had before. But when you put the cream on your hands, it wouldn't stick. It would almost roll off your hands. So this shit would always roll off my hand and fall <laughs> on the floor. And I'm like, this stuff is fucking brutal. Why didn't I just order it off Amazon? But that stuff does work. doesn't smell the best, but it does work really no, well. No, definitely it definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's <clears throat> for muscle pain, tightness, I mean use heat blankets, heating pads, trying to yeah. relax muscle. I have a heat bag every night. Yeah. Even if I'm not sore, I still if I'm sitting on the couch, I'll still put it on my back cuz it feels good. Yeah. But even though it's like I'm just coming out of a sauna and I'm roasting hot, I'll still do like a heat bag and drink hot tea. <laughs> and I'm still like sitting there sweating. I'm like, whatever, it's good. It's good for me. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Fine. I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, because yeah, I take that CBD and then I have like sleepy time tea at night too. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it's like quarter to 10. I'm like trying to keep stay awake. I'm like, just go to bed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just go to bed. There's no point. Just don't fight your body. Yeah, because I, I love getting up early now love it like tomorrow i'll probably still get up at well i'll probably get 5 30 tomorrow still yeah and then like the house is still quiet for like an hour and a half yeah two hours still sometimes yep. i'm sitting there nice cup of coffee me and the dog just chilling i was like ah it's no chaos in the house yet 100 <laughs> percent. it's like i just i love that my time like yep. oh like i can't stay up the latest anymore no like it's i'm like oh man i'm fucking tired it's like 10 o'clock like when we were hunting the first night we i think we stayed up till midnight we were up at five and like we wanted to get out the door early but then because i didn't have the best sleep uh, the first night unfortunately up there and um but the second night after a full day of hunting and eating dinner we're both sitting there me and patty are sitting there watching a movie and we're like man i'm exhausted (laughs) it's bedtime five to seven (laughs) we were in bed at like quarter after seven on the friday night we were both so tired from hiking all day and shit and i was like seven o'clock i was like i haven't gone to bed at seven o'clock i can't even remember last yeah. time but we slept i think i slept like 11 hours 
Yeah, I mean, like it probably was, just needed it. Oh man, I felt, but I felt almost like too tired the next yeah. day. I was like, shit, yeah, I had too much sleep because my perfect sleep is about seven hours. That's yeah. all I need. I think for most for most people, it's recommended. It's actually recommended no more than eight hours because yeah. longer sleep has been associated with diabetes and weight gain and like a whole bunch of other chronic issues. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely, there's an infinite amount of research that shows that oversleeping beyond, you know, yeah, like a, an eight hour window is really bad for you. Um, yeah, I mean, I usually wake up at, well, going to the gym, sometimes like quarter to four, four o'clock in the morning on an average. Oh, you get up that, that much earlier before the gym? Yeah. Cause I usually hit the snooze button once yeah, and then I do my routine I don't, I hate rushing mm-hmm, no same. matter what. So I will like, you know, I'll have my coffee in the morning, maybe read a little bit of news. Yeah. And then take my pre-workout, get myself psyched up, go to the gym. Yeah. Because the reality is if you're, if you're waking up and you're going to the gym 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later. Your stuff's barely kicked in. You yet. Well, not just that. I mean, your body's fucking cold. The chance of injury is significant, especially yeah. if, you, if you're trying to lift heavy weight. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm still, I'm still back squatting close to 400 pounds at 5 o'clock in the morning. It's a lot of weight. Right? So it's – and I've, I've tried to go straight to the gym, like wake up at 4.30, be to the gym at 5. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's brutal. Like it is just it's painful, it's difficult. Yeah. It's not worth it. I'd rather wake up a little bit earlier, get my routine in, and then, you know, the only day now that I really try and work out in the afternoon is on Fridays. Yeah. Where I do compound lifting. So I'm doing clean snatches, like high risk movements. Yeah. That I try not do anymore. At five o'clock, yeah, in the I was morning. gonna say that's an easy way to injure um, yourself. It's super easy way to injure yourself. So, outside of that, yeah, five a.m. fucking at the gym. Yeah, like part of me misses going to Club Sixteen in the morning and stuff, but at the same time, it's like it's so nice just put my shoes on and walking next door and then <laughs> going in the barn. But um, like another thing I do now, like I've that's I've done for the last probably six months. Is I tape my mouth shut when I sleep. Super weird. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I listened to this podcast with this James Newman guy on, and he wrote a book called Breathe. And it's all about how the human body was designed to breathe through its nose, not not to be a mouth breather. Because mm-hmm. even when you're a newborn, you breathe through your nose. Yeah. Right? So I, I listened to this book. I think it was like six, seven hours on Audible. And it's he goes into like the whole history of how in the last – 250 years we've totally changed the way we breathe that's why we have to get our molars taken out now because our jaws have shrunk because of humans now coming into like breathing through their mouth and stuff like that was a fascinating thing to listen to in a really good podcast and i was like fuck you know what i'm gonna try that that sounds Mm -hmm. interesting and i taped my mouth shut Katie said the first night it was hilarious because she's like, I, th- I think some of the tape peeled up and I could just hear you like, <laughs> like breathing through like the side of your mouth. But now I just do scotch tape like horizontally across my lips and I breathe through my nose the whole night. And I just, I, I think I, I think I snore like a tiny bit, but mm-hmm. nothing compared to what I used to. But I sleep better. I don't wake up with that like pasty, shitty taste in your mouth. 
And apparently your body draws out more oxygen from breathing through your nose. It cleans the air way better. But I wake up with like, like shit in my nose because my body's been filtering that fucking air all night. But I feel good, man. Yeah. I feel great. That's interesting though, because I I'd be curious to see kind of like how that research came out with like, because I mean, to say that your jaws have shrunk over the last 250 years, that's a pretty rapid evolutionary change. Well, he went to, where did he go? He went to like catacombs and shit and examined like hundreds and hundreds of skulls. And he said he could tell, I'd have to listen. It's one of those things you have to like listen to. It's hard to like remember everything that he said, but I highly recommend it. I think it's James Newman. He was on Rogan, of course. But yeah, yeah, his book called Breathe is really good on Audible too. And it's one of those things you're listening to. You're like, huh, like I'm going to try it. See how it is. And then I haven't, I do it every night for the last six months. I just tape my mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) And I told my good buddy Todd and his wife Katie about it. And then we went up to Whistler in the summer in August. Like, yeah, man, we tape we tape our mouths shut every night. I'm like, hell yeah, you do. <laughs> it's like I'm like, just try it. Like you can make fun of me all you want, but if you do it for like a week, do like a like I challenge you, do it for a week and you'll be like, you know what? I feel pretty fucking good when I wake up. Like 'cause you're you're filtering the air the whole night. Yeah. But it's it's interesting. But I highly recommend that book and the the podcast listen to. But I I I've always been like that. Like I just jump in with both feet. Oh yeah. 100%. You know, it's just like meh. I'm gonna do keto. I'm gonna do it for six months. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Tape my mouth shut. Oh, I'm gonna try this. Like, I don't care. I'm down to try new stuff. I'm not afraid to not try something new. I just don't want to be stuck in, in one lane. Yeah. Just try new things in life. It's boring. Like now with that freezer, it's gonna be miserable. I know that. Sunday night will probably be the first night we do the freezer dunk. Yeah. And I challenged Chaz to doing it 15 times this month. And it's already going to be, what, the 7th? Yeah. Or is it the 7th? No. 6th on Sunday, I think? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it'll be the 6th on Sunday. And um, so, yeah. So, we got 15 days. We got to do it. And we're like, I'm like, should we start like a minute and a half? He's like, I don't know. We might have to do three. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. It's like three times in a in a really cold water. It sucks. Yep. Like, I've done an eight-minute ice bath, and that was miserable. Yeah. I had to take my feet out because I was like, my feet are going to break. Like, I'm going to die in this fucking bathtub. But, like, the shower is cold, especially now showering outside when it's zero degrees, one degree out. But that cold dunk is the next level. It's going to be it's gonna be something else. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to try it. I would love, love to hear your wife's conversations with her friends. Because I'm sure there's some ridiculous stories. You'd be like, so what's your husband doing today? Oh, you know, text his mouth shut. They'd be like, what the fuck? Like, I <laughs> oh, can, for sure, I yeah. I bet you it is like the greatest <laughs> conversations you could Oh, yeah, I'm sure my friends fucking, because we have a group chat, but I'm sure they have one without me. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck is Jamie doing now? <laughs> like, why is he saying this stuff? But I don't, I don't care anymore. I'm at that age now where it's like, I'm going to be who I am. If yeah. you don't like me, that's on you. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care. Yeah. I got great friends, great family. I don't really need anyone. If someone doesn't like me, so be it. I'm trying to be myself. You know, I think there was many years there at one point where I may have been acting, tried to act cooler than you were. You know what I mean? Like where you go through different phases and then you just hit a certain point. You're like, feels like I'm acting in my life, you know? And it's just like, fuck this. It's going to be me. Do you. Yeah, you do you. Do you, right? But, But yeah, what time is it? 10.30. That's a good one. 
Yeah, two hours and ten minutes. <laughs> That's a good chat, though. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having coming me. Coming over for a sauna. I'm sure this won't be the last. Yeah. And uh, you said you had a website, but it's under construction. Yeah, website's under construction. Uh, my Instagram's Mulford Fitness. Um, yeah, anyone who's interested, drop me a line. What I'm doing my um, my uh, degree in osteopathic medicine, um, I will need some volunteers who will actually be kind of guinea pigs as clients. Sign me up. So <laughs> it'll be it'll be a significantly reduced rate for some pretty serious osteopathic therapy. And uh, it'll, there will be some of my own treatment in there as well, yeah. but because it's for school, it's going to be like heavily discounted. So yeah, yeah I'm down out to, you know, I'm some sure listeners there's here, you know, your, your vast listening base. Oh yeah. There's so many people listening yeah. to this. Well, hopefully one day, <laughs> hopefully one day, as soon as I get Arnold on here, then it's going to go up. Well, I was, I was listening. I was listening to your podcast on the way here, and I was like, "Shit, I better do some research to see what I'm going to be talking about." And then your, I think it was your cousin, was the last one. He was like, "Oh, all these people listening." I'm like, "People listen to this podcast." I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't I know, better like, be on top of what I'm talking about here because maybe I, I'm going to slip up and say something stupid, and then I'm going to be judged by like five people. Yeah, no, I think I went because I upload this to Simplecast, and then Simplecast puts it onto iTunes and Spotify. Yeah. I think the last time I looked, I had. 218 downloads or something like that nice. and i'm like i don't know if that's like total even though there's only i guess five what is it this is show number six or five mm-hmm. whatever it may be but i thought again like i don't it'd be cool to see a higher number don't get me wrong but at the same time i don't want to check yeah i don't want to try and like let myself make- down or boost my ego up more it's like just fucking keep doing what you're doing you also want to make sure the same person hasn't downloaded the podcast on like <laughs> ten different <laughs> devices. Platforms, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why it's only on Spotify and iTunes. But this is fun though, man. Like I, I enjoy doing it. But I'd love to. I'd like to get Chad on here. Yeah, like ch- pick Chad's brain a little <clears throat> bit. But it feels sure. like I'd almost have to like prepare a little bit for that podcast. Yeah, I think you'd probably need to. Yeah, because he was hanging out with uh, Ben Greenfield there a couple months ago. That guy's. Now talk about a fitness crazy biohack guy yeah. ben greenfield if no one knows him look up his podcast he's a quite an interesting fella yeah he's yeah he's uh he's just a, a guy of knowledge a guy of knowledge when it comes to the human body it's yeah. quite impressive i tried listening to his podcast a bunch of times but i didn't understand how <laughs> shit he was talking about i'm like say you're doing what like i think because he does cold dunks too and and um and that's what i'm so curious to see what it's gonna what my body's gonna feel like even after these 15 i'm gonna try and do 15 days in a row um just to, to get it over with i don't want to skip a day mm-hmm. uh, i'm just sort of curious to see how my body's gonna feel after yeah i'm sure it's gonna i'm sure it's gonna feel pretty well because it's gonna you're gonna have massive decrease in inflammation so yeah i mean if if, if the inflammation is a big issue for your shoulder and for your knee, then you're going to see a marked improvement. That's one of the main reasons why I do all this crazy shit, just to see if it makes my body feel fucking any better. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out, though. I sort of want to, like, show people. I might do, like, a little video of, you know, this is where the sauna takes place, and you walk over here, here's the shower, and then right here is the death death freezer, the freezer of death. <laughs> it's like, because I want to name, oh, like the saunas, I want to call the sauna like the hot box. Yep. Then I almost wanted to do like uh, a list of benefits on the door inside mm-hmm. or something like that. And then obviously there's a cold shower outside and then 
I don't know. I might because now the freezer is going against the shop. Originally, it was going to go on the fence, and I was going to build like a box around it. But now I'm like, well, if I put it against the shop, the plug is right there to plug it yeah. in. I don't need to build anything around it. I did a, pour a concrete slab for it to sit on, and then that's it. That's all I there need to go. do. But I need to figure out how to like clean it. That's the thing. Like, because my cousin Chris, who was on last weekend, he sent me a video a while ago about his buddy that does it. And I'm like, well, how does he filtrate the water? Because, like, eventually it's going to be mildew and stuff in it. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll calculate how many gallons of water in it. Then I can add salt or magnesium to sort of clean the water Mm -hmm. naturally. Because the whole point of this is all natural. But then maybe I can dump in, like, magnesium. Because magnesium is really good, too. Yeah. But, but yeah. Okay. Well, two hours and 15 minutes. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, thank uh, you. All my five people. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'll see you on the next episode. See you later.